following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games. A show in which we, your three hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Mr. Christopher Holmes. How are you doing, homie? I'm doing good. You know, I don't think I've ever told you this, but you have a silky smooth voice, man, for radio. Thank or you. Podcasting or whatever the hell this is. <laughs> it's from um, my days as a uh, sex call operator. Speaking of which, <laughs> Stefan, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yes, Tony. Tony has the perfect face for radio. That's <laughs> right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I got yeah. the face only a cat would love. <laughs> Shit. <Yeah. laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So. Yeah. Have to yes, let I you missed know. you guys from last time. Yes, I we missed you the too. episode, but uh, yeah. Did you hear that Tony and I felt a little naked? Yeah. Was yes, I know. <laughs> Anyways, um, without so, me there in between the two of you, <laughs> awesome. like the knights who say knee. We didn't have the third head going knee in our face the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or give me a boost eye. Give me a boost eye. <laughs> I should get a boost eye because. <laughs> I bet you're neat. Anyways, um, so I have to let you guys know. I know everybody out there is curious. What kind mm. of cooking with his air fryer did Chris do over the yeah. last couple weeks? None. Oh, none because my daughter works for Pit Boss in their distribution department. Got me a, got me a grill for Christmas. We just oh. put it together last weekend. Because I live in Minnesota, and there's no reason for me to put it together a grill in the fucking winter. Okay, so last <laughs> yeah, weekend... Yeah, winter isn't over till June. <laughs> actually, yeah, I know. I know. Well, hey, had maybe had a little bit of snow last weekend. Might or might not have. Can't, let, can't tell you. Anyways, no, okay, so we put our... Well, more like my daughter put the grill together. I held stuff. <laughs> yeah. Great dad I am. But no, it's one of those wood pellet smoker grills, man, and... A lot of my shirts smell like smoke now because I've been smoking with it all week. <laughs> but man, my grills, my grills, my grilling foo needs needs um work, sear marks, reverse sear, all that kind of crap. <laughs> but anyways, but still, you're. I, I knew you were smoking out. hot, but now now we got conf- confirmation. <laughs> I'm not going to be bringing a grill to Con and a Cobb, Just to let you know. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, just had to let everybody know. So, am I the only one in this group that didn't smoke any meat in the last two weeks? Uh, I didn't smoke any meat, although we did use the barbecue. <laughs> no, I have a feeling Tony was maybe talking about... <laughs> Anyways... Uh, I love anyway. me sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of which, Stefan, you got any news for me? <laughs> I have a little bit of, a little bit of news. Yep. Even, yeah, it's not... 
directly related to Genesis, pro- Genesis product, but it is a role-playing product. It's something that I worked on along with a whole bunch of people from the Nerds International Networks and followers that. from the Wild Eye podcast, which is where, which is both competition and friends of ours. Uh, Friendly competition. I wouldn't really call them competition, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag SWK. It's, it's, that's it. <laughs> So it's a project that we did originally as a fan-made product. We offered it for free uh, called Bullets Over Frisco Bay. Mm-hmm. And now since the uh, Savage Worlds Adventure Edition came out, we updated it. Cool. And um, now it's we set it up as pay what you want on DriveThruRPG. And you get everything that was available before, table tents. There's maps by Carl Kiesler and uh, – no – uh, Frank Turfler, the cover by Carl Kieser, or reverse. I've re- I got that reverse, maybe. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I did some of the art for the pre-gens and the bad guy. So, And cool, we set it up on Drive to RPG, and where all the money uh, that we make, uh, only a small percentage is taken for uh, DTRPG, but uh, all the money else goes to Paris Conte, another uh, Nerds International and Savage Worlds fan, mm-hmm. who works in Australia and uses RPGs in other tabletop games to help people people with high level autism, anxiety, depression, sometimes to open up and deal some of those situations and deal with people instead of being closed off. Oh, and awesome. it's and it's really successful. He's moved another time, like this is like twice in the, within the last twelve months to bigger rooms because it's getting better. It's, it's better, more more funding, more people are aware of this and it's helping more people. Oh, it's yeah, a great that's way. A, and that's and awesome. In see people, these Bible thumpers, this is not about devil worshiping. It's about <laughs> socializing and actually getting tools, your, your tools to deal with, deal with life afterwards. So, <laughs> Yeah, the name of his organization down there is called Genu Gamer. That's mm-hmm. a charity organization. If you just want to give uh, and, and, and you're from Australia or you're uh, – uh, Halfway across the world, or far anywhere across the world, but uh, yeah, all the proceeds go to that. Other than what Drive Through RPG takes off the top, I, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, right I'll now we've a- last time I checked, thirty four units were sold with about seventy five bucks accumulated. So cool. I just nice. transfer that to uh, to Paris, and he'll buy PDFs off Drive Through RPG and uh, Drive Through RPG and other stuff that he needs. Awesome, awesome. Does he? That's does, awesome. does the Genu? Do, do they have a? Does he have a website? They do. You sell? can just you can just Google like Gen U Gamer. I'll put it in. And, and yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it in show notes too. I'll yeah, make a, I'll make a note here to Google it and throw it in there. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. That's good stuff. So there you go. So fellow fellow gamers helping other people to you know deal with life and uh, with each other without. Hey, you know, geeks are going to inherit the earth anyway someday. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. So which we probably have already. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So that's well, that's it for my news. Yeah, yeah that's great, well, man. That's great. We have a mountain of an episode for you folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to entitle this episode 32, The Net, A Deep Dive. That's right. We're diving in <laughs> hacking 2.0 in from Shadow of the Beanstalk. And so since we decided to do that, We've got a little bit of change-up on how we're doing the order of the show, and the first bit of change-up is we're going to skip listener feedback this week. I'm sorry, listeners, especially good GM Goodmo and Sam Barrett. We'll get back to your feedback on the next one. Mm-hmm. 
Promise. And I think we're gonna go. We're gonna go into fifty pieces of awesome. I'm gonna try and keep it short so we can get the rest of the stuff done. Then we're gonna go into setting the tone. Then we're gonna do the books mm-hmm. of Genesis. Then mm-hmm. we have a very special advantageous threats. Yes. Where we are actually going. Tony is going to run uh, Stefan and I through a full network encounter. So sit back, everybody. Hence the deep dive. Hence the deep dive. Hey, you have your um, you have your uh, your your merman with the floaty yet, right? Oh Since yeah. We're doing a deep dive. <laughs> so yeah. Brown. <laughs> need he my, needs a flotation I need, device. Need my floaty. That's right. That's, <laughs> my floaty when I go shallow. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. Fifty pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, people. Welcome to 50 Pieces of Awesome. This is where Detective Holmes tells his brother Mycroft to stand by, gives a little bit of a potion to Gladstone, grabs John Watson, and goes out and finds the freaking coolest stuff on the internet. Elementary. It to us. That's right. It's elementary. It's elementary. <laughs> what do you got this week, Sherlock? <laughs> well, I have something by Indiana Walsh called superpowers yes everybody they put together a superpowers document um pretty awesome i mean 52 pages of it by the way um i i i i really enjoy this this was um it took it took a nice little perusal over it um mm-hmm. added some super mostly this is <laughs> effectively half superpowers <laughs> half powers Power mm-hmm. trees, if you will, kind of like um, force power trees in a way. Mm-hmm. And then the other kind of half, most of the other p- half of the document are talents. Super 15 talents. Fifteen pages. Fifteen pages <laughs> of talents. Holy I know. Crap. This is you're just chomping at the bit there, Tony. I know. Mm-hmm. I am because I've been down, wanting boy. to do Calm a down. supers. I've been wanting mm-hmm. to do supers as you as I've discussed with you, Chris, personally. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the old. Um, uh, Palladium Rifts, uh, they have a world called Scrapers. Okay. And it is a just an amazing world, rife with all kinds of cool ideas. Well, mm-hmm. this is going to come in handy when I go to do that in Genesis. That's good. Yeah. Yes, so thank you, Indiana Walsh. We appreciate that. And the reason why I picked it is, well, you know, this is kind of a Avengers superhero month kind of thing, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I could pick something superhero-y, and I and I knew Tony would appreciate it. Well, Fortunately, yeah, you've been reading this for the last week or so. <laughs> for a couple there's weeks been this. There's been this. Oh, I don't know, a little movie that came out that a made bit. two billion dollars. Oh my God! Yeah. Seriously? Good lord! Yes. Well, <laughs> on opening so, day. <laughs> awesome. So he added some new rules. So there's some superpower rules. Um, where you recommended that you may start your players off between 50 and 100 experience points. Kind of cool. Then there's something called a no mere mortal rule, where you add 50 experience points to the starting XP. That can be spent on characteristics, and you can increase your skills to rank 3. And the other thing it suggests is adding brawn plus 3 to unarmed attacks, because you know what? Fucking superheroes, man. 
Yep. Yeah. The base damage for superheroes and supervillains is brawn plus three, for, since they yeah. tend to duke it out a lot with their fists. Exactly. And this other one, this puny minions rule, is pretty sweet. Whenever a minion attacks your superhero, can inflict a maximum of one, one wound or strain after damage reduction or whatever. Yep. Which is pretty cool. And then, of course, they... Oh, go ahead. Nope, and you could even go with uh, the the further dialing of that with non non consequential minions, and that all minions only have one wound. There you go, just fodder, man. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be kind of neat to kind of play test something like that. Hint, yeah, so hint, basically, as, hint, as, hint, as long as you generate one success to hit, there's a minion. Yeah, there's a minion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's another minion. Super minions gone. Yeah, and then, so of course, they've mm-hmm. added the super characteristics from the back of the the um, Genesis book. Mm-hmm. And then new special qualities. Um, knockback. <laughs> this is sweet. When you're hit by a knockback, you're actually knocked back one range band <laughs> away. So destroy some buildings if you'd like. And it can be triggered multiple times. Yeah. And it says here in that rule, if you are stopped by a solid barrier... And you would have continued traveling further, you're going to take one point of damage for each range band you would have moved mm-hmm. had no you not soak. been stopped. No soak. Yeah, that's, no soak. That is cool, man. Yeah. And the next thing here, which I like, this actually harkened back a little bit to the um, to the um, quirks and flaws that uh, that I had uh, thrown into primordial primordial Thule or. Primordial. Primeval. Primeval Thule. Anyways. (laughs) Which are limitations on your your superpowers. For instance, like a five point, like a minus five XP, meaning when you pick your superpowers from the superpower trees, the base powers, you Mm -hmm. can subtract, they cost a little less. Meaning, so say this first one, five XP, you have a, a weakness, a rarity 10 substance, you know, irradiates from your home planet. When you're engaged with that um, weakness, you don't have access to the power. So it shuts your power off. That's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And it goes even up to um, you, uh, let me see, um, a minus 15. Using this power is extremely taxing on your body. Whenever activating this power in this tree would normally cause strain, you must pay the cost in wounds instead. Ouch! That'll hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, what's cool is that in each one of these power trees, kind of gives a couple of examples of limitations that you may want to flavor and stuff yourself. So right now, he lists in the rules. I don't know if it was an oversight on his part, but he lists in the um, the rules description of the limitations paragraph. He lists twenty point discount. But then it's not on his chart on the page four of the document. So I think that might be a little bit of an oversight on his part. But I like the fact that it lists the example. Mm -hmm. You know, telepathy with a minus 20 discount would be that it only works on sea creatures or squirrels or ants. (laughs) (laughs) Like Ant-Man or Aquaman, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's a 20-point limitation on a power. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean this is this is really good stuff. Um, really well done. There's nice. a nice little they go and in this page on page uh, like four or five, Anatomy of a Power Tree, which yeah. is pretty sweet. You know, Sanctum Library Workshop or whatever. I mean, it's pretty 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 neat stuff. And then there's some design notes which give you a nice little flavor of what 
um, they were thinking of, he was thinking of, or she was thinking of when they wrote this document. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I like it. I like it. And different notes on the power levels. So if you want to mm-hmm. do like a street level game, there's notes on page six for that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, page, uh, page. Uh, of course, the standard definition of the superpower game is the four color or the silver age or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you're going for. But there's a note here on how to do street level yeah. supers, which would be more like your Marvel TV universe folks. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil or Batman. Yes. yes. Simplified simplified to combat skills, brawl, melee, and range. That's it. No yeah. range light, no brawl, no melee heavy, no whatever. Just those three. Added martial arts as a magic skill. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That you could link to either brawn, cunning, or willpower. Pretty sweet. And basically it gives you access to the augment and bear barrier spells. And you can only and you can only target yourself with them. So it's more of a, you know, a Focus your chi chi. And, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> or Dragon Ball Z powering up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the, <laughs> for, for half the scene, half the encounter, <laughs> or half the season, right? Or half the, on that. Half the Don't season. Oh, he's going blonde. He's going blonde. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's added a superpower, um, magic skill. Um, you can choose one spell type um, and link it to any um, characteristic and you can use um, a one strain instead of two strain to use that skill um, and then you count your ranks in the skill as the knowledge ranks for the purpose of the spell effects right so you don't have to have knowledge you just have to have ranks here but it, it does limit it right because you you only choose one spell type like an attack heal whatever so it's limiting there yet you only need to spend one strain to do it so that's kind of cool i think yeah yeah well it allows you for your for your unique power that's Mm -hmm. your unique power that's what's tied to you but then you go into the power trees yeah the superpowers lots of them here man i'm not even going to go into any of them but just leave it for you guys to download and just start reading unless there's anything in there that you wanted to pull out and no, I think of, uh, there's, there is so much to go through here if you wanted mm-hmm. to go through it all. But, I mean, listing off, even go, going through and listing off all the powers is ridiculous. So mm-hmm. there is a ton of them, and they're mm-hmm. good. They're yeah. really good. And I love I love the fact that he chose all Marvel art. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> for, those, for those DC lovers out there, ha-ha. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it, oh, it is. I haven't gone through. Oh, yeah, I do see all the mm-hmm. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But. And but the powers, yeah, the good. whole power appendix of powers is talents and listing and bringing those in. So, yeah, on page thirty-five till the end of the book, <laughs> till the end of the document here. I mean, it's yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's pretty good stuff. So this is by far one of the better superhero um, books, um, or whatever that I've seen put together out there. Probably the only one, but um. I like it. There's a lot. It looks like a lot of hard work has gone into this. A lot of time has gone into it. So well done, Stefan. Yep. Lots of, lots of uh, talented people out there. So to you, uh, Indiana Walsh, we award you 50 pieces of Marvel Awesome. <laughs> oh, awesome sauce. All right. So we're going to get into the meat of this. 
Oh, yeah, so well, well first we got the, a little creamy fluff on top. Yeah, we're at, we're at the end game of the pieces of awesome now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's part two of the show, setting the tone. And to set the tone, we're going to be focusing on the network of Shadow of the Beanstalk, all about hacking and computer programming and and retrieving illegal data Mm -hmm. and getting out quick. Yep, starting on page 118, if you have the real book, 119 if you're in a PDF like me. Yep, there we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so we got so this part of the, it introduces like the network, which is, you know, uh, ubiquitous, so, meaning it's everywhere. You use it for everything in this. Well, system. exactly. Even more so than today, where you know mm-hmm. young people are always on their phones, you know, walking like zombies with the head down. But in this mm-hmm. case, people are maybe having goggles or uh, sunglasses that are heads-up displays. Yeah, uh, the augmented reality. Or your cyber eyes. Yeah, your yeah. cyber eyes are, have augmented reality. So you're walking in the mall, and instead of just seeing a sign in the window, no. If you're a woman, they'll make, the, the store will maybe send on your cyber eyes or your glasses ads that are specifically tailored to for women. Or, for women, and then yeah. the, your boyfriend next to you, well, he'll be bombarded with ads for hunting and fishing stuff, maybe. Or, uh, <laughs> and they can even dial down as to far as to uh, all these AI out there can search for your shopping records and, yep. and things mm-hmm. like that. Suggest now, things that are on sale that you may like. Yep. The network. Now, that's is it is it the same or is it new? It's not the old it's internet. New. There was new, a new. Um, there was an that. event that kind of happened. Yeah, called the blackout. Yeah, they called it. Yeah, there was something called the blackout where you know yeah. there was a monopoly of you know regulators. Monopoly. Yeah, wanted network well, providers. Prior prior mm-hmm. to the monopoly of of the of sync, there was all these companies that supplied you know the internet, just like a bit like today, you know, yeah. with different programs and protocols and stuff, and but. They didn't always have the same level of security and stuff. So, yep. one one nasty virus started propagating mm-hmm. all over the place. Yep, and shut practically everything down. Yeah, yeah. All the regional networks, air traffic, yep. air traffic control. You know, yep. was gone. Trillions of dollars. Oh yeah. All these networks, banking, uh, yeah. finances. Uh, yeah. Yep, and then so then what? What happened? Did they? How did they bring it back online? Well, a small group in uh, in uh, was it I think uh, Silicon Valley in the United States. Sansane. They, yeah, they uh, they managed to uh, to rebuild it, and they because they had their own local network, like an intranet, yep. mm-hmm. which was much more robust. And they uh, they managed with the U.S. of course government. You know, they were eager to get everything back going, and they worked with that company mm-hmm. to set. The internet back up, and then yeah. expanded to civilian, and then eventually global. Some yeah. com- some countries and maybe eight places resisted a bit, you know, yeah. like they, like they say in the book, China didn't really like like an American company yeah. imposing their own network. Yeah, know, the name but, of the, the name of the company is called Sync S Y N C. Mm-hmm. And Which they're still a, in business. 
and ma- busy maintaining and monitoring uh, the net for uh, all the uh, any uh, and all discrepancies or problems or uh, anomalies. Yep. And yeah, Sync is in a subsidiary of N of NBN. Yep. Yep. Yes, so yeah, you'll Very you'll notice together. a lot that uh, in anything that Sync does, there's NBN priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, yeah, they give priority to NBN signals and downloads, but like they say, there's so much speed now on the on the internet. Like yeah. most people don't even bother, mm-hmm. you know, or even notice anymore. So yeah. and and there are and there are ways to um, a couple different ways to get online. Mm-hmm. No, because you know, you, you know, everybody, you know, you wake up in the morning, and your coffee maker yep. is online, or mm-hmm. which is kind of now, right? right? You can, or your, well, yeah, you your can refrigerator have your, is online, and all this IoT dialed to like eleven, right? Internet of Things yeah. dialed to eleven now in this. Yeah, everything has Wi-Fi connection, Bluetooth mm-hmm. connection, whatever you want to call it. So, yep. Even if you don't have cyberware and stuff, you have your pad, your personal assistant device. Mm-hmm. Think of it maybe as a smartphone or whatever. You can take all kinds of shapes, whether it's a watch, a phone, glasses, yep, uh, uh, eyes, cyber eyes, a jack. Yeah, uh, and they made they so made the protocol more simple, mm-hmm. simpler, so that all these different devices to come on here, and it's called a, um, a call of call and response, and you've got independent packet information um, mm-hmm. verification. So every piece of data that goes back and forth. It gets um, verified, and it just makes devices easier to talk to each other. Well, that's it. That way, so mm-hmm. and safer. We've got pads. That way. So we've got pads, which are these personal access devices. Mm-hmm. You know, which will come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, right? Well, that's it. But they all do pretty much the same thing. You you can use them to make phone calls, gen, you know, emails, go on social media, shop. Yep, it's Siri. Yeah, you get warning yeah. <laughs> about traffic problems going to work or from work. The best places to mm-hmm. to go to to eat, or maybe the one of your favorite stores has a big sale on shoes, and yep. you know, or or your fridge. So you know you're low on milk. Okay, so that add that to the shopping list, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either have it delivered by drone or pick it up yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it's a three. Three, these they usually project in three-dimensional holographic, like if you get a keyboard, yeah. instead of having a keyboard like you would on your phone, you get this 3D projected image of a keyboard, and then you just type in the air. That's it. Um, you know, yep. It's like almost like a virtual keyboard. It doesn't even have to – just responds to mm-hmm. your – It's an augmented digits. reality keyboard. There you go. Yep. There, there we mm-hmm. go. Nice. Yeah, and and uh, so they, they they these like you said oh. these come in a in a variety of ways. They come in uh, oh, yeah. like a watch. They can come in they can come in goggles that you wear, or they can even be installed into Cyber Eyes. Yep. Um, and one uh, more trendy though to do that, yep. you can you can access sometimes your pads. You know, if you're in your home, it could be the mirror uh, above your sink. You know, and then the in the bathroom, so it shows you some of the stuff, the news stories going on while you're preparing. Yeah. Cleaning yourself up in the in the morning, and so if then you were, of course on your TV screen. If you've watched, have both of you watched um, that the show on Netflix? Uh, you know what, what I'm talking about. Altered, altered carbon. Yes. Altered yes, carbon. That. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and how they like they'll be in the middle of a conversation, and all of a sudden they'll just receive a call, and yep. they'll be talking as if somebody's talking in their head, and it's all coming in through their stack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. 
That's it. Or Which, when the main character at one point he's walking in the street and suddenly you know he he's got this device attached to his stack that allows him to see all these ads, but he's bombarded by him. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Stuff for from yeah. legal stuff about mm-hmm. buying you know the latest DVD movie or whatever movie to solicitation for you know entertainment <laughs> quote unquote Rocket right. 95 ads you know <laughs> and that does and that does bring up a thing another part like you guys were starting to touch on are these brain machine interfaces they're called yeah, yeah. so those that's were created during ultimate. those were created um, by the US military during the world's war by yeah. Gibson Polytech they said in here mm-hmm. um, and then like a lot of what's that go ahead like a lot of things, sometimes you know, like GPS today has been de- was developed by the military first, then mm-hmm. eventually trickles down to civilian use. So, same thing for the brain machine interface. They wanted an easier way or faster way to access mm-hmm. the computers, and especially enemies' computers. <laughs> yeah, and I think did I read here that it was refined by um, Hasbiroid, Maybe I think. Hasbiroid, Gibson Polytech, which could have mm-hmm. been a division, I believe, of Hasbiroid. Uh, maybe that's something. Or maybe I Wayland. Read. Maybe I read it somewhere else. But yeah, then there was like there were there was also rumors saying, oh yeah, they were uploading human minds to the net, you know, yeah. infusing AIs with human minds and whatever. Um, yeah, lots of conspiracy theories. You can yeah, you could add that into your campaign and go, you know, all neuromancer with all the old cyberpunk novels that, you know, mm-hmm. stories that you may have heard and yeah. run with it. Yeah. If, if the people, if your player says, oh, I'm sure that they, they some soldiers are, uh, minds have been uploaded to the computer and now they're yep. like controlled AI. It's like, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. And uh, on page, on page, um, 120 neat little um like piece of art actually mm-hmm. that just kind of makes it but i love this um pardon me i love this um this sidebar a new way of seeing and then yeah. the um you know when you the this and then this whole this couple paragraphs about acclimating yourself to a brain machine interface where it takes you know there's well, like you know, a couple of what is it like a couple months or whatever, or hundreds of hours of carefully well, playing because, lessons and stuff to kind of merge mm-hmm. that Be- that piece because of you're, with your brain. You're yeah. subjecting your your mind to a very different way of seeing or interpreting mm-hmm. stuff. That's why I've yeah. read a, a couple of the novelettes that Fantasy Grounds has about uh, Shadow of the Beanstalk, and one mm-hmm. uh, FFG. Reina, Reina, yeah, Reina Roja, Roja, one of the, okay. Of uh, she's a she's a hacker former uh, uh, hacker for the military. You know, the, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And she explains when she's going her runs. into the internet or okay. out of the internet how she's her senses are acclimated. It takes a little while. It's not just nice. unplugging a computer. Mm-hmm. It's you plug in and then you have to acclimate your all your senses from sight to touch to smell. So I see I see these BMIs as like ready player one. Yeah. Where you're completely interacting with the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. In a complete way. I mean your whole it's just with your mind though. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have to have the whole bodysuit thing that you did in Ready Player One. You yeah. literally yeah. just jack in your mind and 
voila, everything is a your your computer, your computer yeah. is now connected mm-hmm. to all other computers and must communicate with them. Well, it's a, in a way, it's almost like a shower cap kind of thing. <laughs> Very nice. Mm-hmm. But and, some yeah. con- looking high tech, or of course, you ever see the movie want- Strange Days? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, they so. they yeah. kind of explored the brain uh, machine interface with one of those little yeah. squid things that you'd lay over the yeah, top yeah. of your skull and it would yeah. connect you. Yeah, I think okay. so. And actually, that concept of being completely immersed, if you will, into mm-hmm. the net <laughs> actually brings up some problems <laughs> for these hardcore runners, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, then we could talk about like the so the security of this network. Um, they um, sync keeps a pretty close eye on the network traffic right. that's going around. You know, with runners creating back doors, they have these sysops okay. people that are just cool. trying to like not compromise the um uh, uh um the the network if you will well that's it mm-hmm. you know corporations running you know spy networks against other companies or mm-hmm. even, you know government agencies you never know and mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd imagine you know a scene like you see like from uh, nasa you know banks of computers rows and rows and people are these sysops are just of sync plugged yeah. into the in bmis of their, of their own mm-hmm. monitoring mm-hmm. the net they're part of it and reporting, oh, we found we have something, right. uh, a blip here, uh, a glitch there. Yeah. Like, okay, we we've got it tied down, fine. Right. Uh, yeah, so, one, okay, send send the team over there. To, right. uh, <laughs> so there's an interesting concept at the end at the end of this page in under this network security page 120, and um, in the book where they talk about a individual company's network or sub network, if you will, which wouldn't necessarily be as secure as the quote unquote. The net, right? Mm-hmm. Which the exactly. net is actually secured by sync. So, yeah. you know, you might be able to hack into a, um, you know, some corporation's network, but actually being able to transfer that network over that information, maybe over the net or whatever, is very much more difficult in that regard. So that's an interesting concept there, I think. Well, yep. Some of the major I, corporations would be just as difficult to uh, to hack as the net, mm-hmm. but some other companies like, eh, we don't have the budget to. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> what it does is it compartmentalizes and keeps things localized. So yep. your net, your net, your runner, you have to have a reason why your runner can't just do his running from Mars. Why isn't yeah. he yes. always just, oh, I'm on Mars, I'll do my running from here, I don't ever have to mm-hmm. see you people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. You, yep. It's localized. Yeah. 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 So because then, there's still also time difference. You know, Mars getting a signal from Mars to Earth. There might be a bit of a lag time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not a lot of Very lag. So. Nah, it's all good. Don't yeah. worry, solar no, flares. No, Don't worry about it. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, a couple of minutes, you know, it's no yeah. big deal. A couple of minutes when, you know, when, when the ice might just fry your brain in a fraction of a second. So what, you're <laughs> saying, what you're saying is Mars has Canadian internet. <laughs> Mars has the county internet for me. The county. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because believe me, there's places of Canadian internet which are pretty fast. Yeah, I'm <laughs> nice. just messing with you. Nice. All right, so no, you're not. About... You're, I know you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> hate, hate to love you, brother. Yeah, All right, so. <laughs> 
the the killing time thing. I wanted to mention that. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's just it talks about uh, what people use the internet for or the net for, and that is to kill time most of the time. But it, I I really kind of got into this uh, one paragraph here where it talks about user generated games, mm. and um, yeah. user generated games are because it can just be augmented reality components. Um, maybe they're you know. You're, you're walking around picking up Pokemon kind of thing. I was, or, I was thinking, yeah, Pokemon Go push to the ultimate. <laughs> at their most elaborate, this sentence, at their most elaborate, UGGs, as they're called, user-generated games, can turn two strangers into dueling wizards, throwing yeah. virtual fire at each other until one loses too many hit points. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we got the concept of for Jim's game with uh, the Terranoth online, where we can yeah. use it yep. as a virtual <laughs> augmented reality game that we play on the net as hackers, and, you know, mm. run to our runs game. That's it. Yeah, so, that was a cool, that, cool concept there. I like that. Well, that's it. Because that's another thing that I had read from one of the novellas. Sometimes different hackers can interpret the net their own way. You yeah. mean they're in, Encountering ice, it could look like, like the uh, the, the woman there, Ray, Ray, uh, Reina Roja. Uh-huh. Uh, she sees ice as pieces of chess, you know, queens and bishops and knights and pawns, and her own and her own ice uh, ice breakers are red pieces of uh, of ice because she's the red queen. Basically, that's her name in in Spanish. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, that's cool. I like that. So when she uh, when she activates maybe femme fatale instead of being a woman in a sexy dress, it might be the queen, uh, the queen or a bishop, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Cool. Uh, her pawns might be, uh, you know, battering ram, where the pawns are always attacking one after the other. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that visual imagery is one mm-hmm. thing that, as a GM, you should focus if you want it to be player generated, or if your players aren't really knowing, like you know, oh, uh, this gal who was playing this Roja lady yeah. you know oh she has a theme you know focus That's things it. in her theme but if she doesn't have a theme and she just wants to interact with an environment you can have that environment themed by the person who created an, a small network the subsystems in that network well, that's um, it. Like the I imagine Jin, well yeah Jinteki might have their own system that looks very much feudal Japanese castles and mm-hmm. gardens and samurai whereas Wayland might be futuristic knights uh, or just space, a- from space aliens. Space uh, aliens uh, jumping from planet to planet, things like yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah starships, cool. you know, star destroyers coming out of hyperspace going, you shall not pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm mixing up metaphors, I think. <laughs> That's all right, though. So it goes into this big section about these people that are on mm-hmm. the, on the net and who's out there, what they're doing. Yep. Net criminals and runners. What's yeah, that this, about, guys? This whole concept of net crime. Okay, well, of course, so one, so one here's here's net the thing. Crime is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for one per, I mean, the thing is, if you you're, you're locked to your door, going into your apartment is being scanned. If you tamper with that, that's a net crime. And you can take yeah. it from any any level of whatever there, which is kind of interesting. Kind of gives yeah. a level of like you know Big Brother's watching kind of thing. Well, that's it. You know There's I mean? advantages to having your pad and having access yeah. to all the internet and conveniences of yeah having your coffee made as soon as you get up. There's shower mm-hmm. turning on at the right temperature, and then eventually you know you, you choose your clothing from your wardrobe and then leaving work. 
and you know you don't you're not gonna be stuck in traffic. Yep. But the advantage, the disadvantage is that you know, Big Brother knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, which also that gives GMs a system of checks and balances for their players. If your players are mm-hmm. wanting to do, mm-hmm. you know, I want to hack everything in the world, which some people may want to, you know, first time playing in a in a game like this, it's a quick way to rein them in. Yep. You know, oh, I'm hacking everything. Okay, I'm going to go hack the coffee machine, get free coffee. Simplest thing to do yeah. is, bing, you get a PAD, ping, you got a $50 fine for a net yeah. crime. There that's you it. go. That's right. You get enough then, fines, eventually they might, you know. And then there, there's a, your you as a, as a as a public nuisance. Yeah, and and there's a net crimes division in the NAPD for this oh, yeah. that handles things like identity thefts, money laundering, and other minor yeah. scams. Like Definitely you're talking the big about major there, stuff. they would handle they would handle that. Where Sync has its presence with AIs and their own, you know bank of um uh what do you call it sysops guys like yeah. you had mentioned earlier stuff and then like a yeah. big warehouse a big right? room there yeah, yeah big room or whatever <laughs> and you know and here's a, here's something that's really interesting it says new network nodes are added hourly new pads yeah. introduce new vulnerabilities and there is at least as much money to be made running on a network as there is protecting it well, that's so it, because that's even like, yeah. just like today, the rumors of the deep net or the black net or whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it, it exists, of course, in mm-hmm. Shadow of the Beanstalk, where rogue servers and stuff like that are plugged in, plugged out, yep. moved because sync is hot on their oh. trail. Oh, someone I found think they, I think they call that burn the sh- it. They call that the shadow net, I think. The yeah, shadow net, so you can have yeah. different nicknames for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you can, mercenaries can find, you know, Billboards, virtual billboards to get jobs. Yep. Netrunners find, you know, mm-hmm. ch- have chat rooms where they exchange programs and ideas and uh, rumors and uh, and all kinds of stuff. You know? Yeah, and uh, and and you said you said that runners, those are the, the that's the name that you that we give the um these folks that are on this uh, the net in the underground hacking it. They call them runners. Yeah, exactly. So there's a- hackers would be another nickname, but they mm-hmm. were using runners in this case mm-hmm. uh, which, because you know, I mean, like they say, honestly, it sounds they're cool. Net runners. They're net runners. <laughs> they are. That's they're what they runners. are. Well, yep. that's it. Yeah. And you know, they're motivated. Here's something that's motivated by politics, money, or just the need to prove themselves. Well, you know? just like you know, hotshot pilots. Like I, mm-hmm. I fly because I really am good and I deserve to be in the sky. You know, right. These guys, well. I, I'm really hot. No pieces of ice can, can keep me out of any system. Exactly. Yeah, so speaking of which, when you are going into a system, they call that the run. So mm-hmm. what is that? Um, so so I'm looking on page um, 122 here. What are mm-hmm. the uh, typical aspects of a run that they well, go through? Well, Go there's ahead, there's recon. You know, this involves mm-hmm. physically scoping out the target, looking for mm-hmm. a place to. You're looking for a place to get in to the system. Yep. You're looking for access points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, your initial run, maybe you, you know, if it's a really complex large corporation, really complex target, you're going to want to make a couple of quick runs on the system, see what you're going to encounter. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then you do the actual run. Now. In a lot of cases, some of that work is done for you in advance. Some of the initial run is done by, say, uh, the person that hired you, or they've done the casing for you. Mm -hmm. So as the runner, you're just hired to do the run. 
Yep. And and then of course the last part of any run is covering your tracks, making sure you don't get caught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't wanna you wanna get your meat shot with a bullet through the head. That will end your run pretty badly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Put Damn, the face. <laughs> Damn meat. <laughs> so yep. yeah. And then we get into this, like, the coolest section, I think, anyway, in this whole book mm-hmm. uh, about that talks about the net. It talks about the myths and rumors yeah. about the net yeah, and the I cool know. stuff, because this is where your GM nuggets come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the nuggets of the blackout conspiracy and the god ice and mm-hmm. the theergists and the ghosts in the network. Tell me about those guys. Go ahead. What's, the, black, what's the blackout yeah. conspiracy? Yeah, we yeah, touched about that? it a little bit, you know, earlier, talking about sync. But yeah, basically, is that your origin of blackout was that, of course, you know, like even today, sometimes you say people say, well, someone invented this disease just so they can sell the cure. Uh, so that sync may have developed the blackout virus <laughs> just so that crashed the whole system worldwide and imposed their own. You know, order upon the world. That's an, this is the new order. It's ours. We have control of it. It's more stable. We're doing it for everyone's good. So, uh, but you know, and then rumors about how they did it and if it's still out there, uh, waiting. Some people still think the blackout is almost like an AI virus. Yep. That might come back. That's just waiting for weakness, maybe. You know, which reminds me of when uh, when Netrunner came out as a, as a tradable card game it had some some program cards that called protean code protean okay. like protean meaning it could it could change and adapt to different yes. situations mm-hmm. uh, so imagine if a computer program was able to adapt on the fly mm-hmm. you know would and that be a, the introduction of a true ai you know that's not tied to the three like Asimov protocols kind of thing. I think what you're what you're mentioning there, actually, that's a nice transition into this God Ice concept, mm-hmm. where there are there. The, okay, so the first sentence here under God mm-hmm. Ice: In any given day, there are more transactions on the network than there are stars in a galaxy by several orders of magnitude. Mm-hmm. And basically, it says that a lot of these. The concept here is all these transactions are being done without human oversight and more of an artificial intelligence that has been able to maybe um, become self-aware, and they call well, these it. and these runners refer to them as like God Ice. So you're you're so that's kind of maybe pulls on well, that exactly. theme that they had in that that Netrunner game no, you're talking about. Well, yeah, because no human could oversee all these transactions happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you'd have to have these done. computer programs, whether AIs or not, they would have to, to be programmed mm-hmm. to do that. Which reminds yeah. me of, there's a guy on, on YouTube called CGP Gray. He's an American living in, uh, in London. Mm-hmm. He does these, these videos, and one of them is about these little bots that constantly are programming almost themselves. That's why you sometimes, you know, you go on YouTube and watch a couple of videos, and it will suggest other videos that might be related. You go on Facebook, you know, and you've shopped on Amazon for, I don't know, a new barbecue. Yep. Well, they'll suggest other barbecues or barbecue accessories. They, these little bots learn about these things, and mm-hmm. they teach the other bot generation about your own habits and monitor your right. system. Or if you cut and paste so, a, um, a picture 
of um, what was it that uh, Ninja Samurai or whatever Surf Ninjas into your freaking yeah. game on a Wednesday night into yeah. Skype, and then you get an email the following Monday. Oh, Surf Ninjas to move the video's gone on sale. What the? There fuck? we go. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? So Remember what so, happened to me? So That's it's not horrible. so far fetched. No. It happens already today. No. Or you know it. It, these little bots, you know, mm-hmm. uh, are learning themselves about all your. Oh yeah. So, but, mm-hmm. so what do we have next? But they're here, saying then? that there's this. But they're saying in in this theory about the god ice that there is mm-hmm. an overarching content uh, consciousness that's driving yeah. all these, and there are actually people out there that are searching for this and make to make contact with it this yes. god ice so to speak yeah. and there are runners they call themselves the theragists mm-hmm. yeah they are. Uh, and uh so yeah. you can run a game with all these cool little elements involving theragists and god ice and yeah. the you know the blackout code and all that stuff mm-hmm. but then there's one other bit oh, which this is nice this reminds me of a certain movie called <laughs> it's called Ghosts in the Network is this section, but mm-hmm. it reminds me of the Ghost in the Shell series yeah. Yeah. about if someone dies while connected to the net, what well, where does their consciousness go? Mm-hmm. Well, I said because they were interacting with the net, it pretty almost, almost in a way downloaded their consciousness there, even if it's only temporary. And while these things are rumors, there's mm-hmm. no conf- mm-hmm. confirmations of this, this would be something great to do. Oh, as yeah. a GM, to dive into the someone dying while connected to the net, and suddenly their their consciousness is free from the mortal yeah. coil, but limited yeah. within the systems of the network, mm-hmm. and and yeah, really it's cool. Like, well, well, yeah. the side the the sidebar here, birth of a theurgist, is yeah, a I great little that. blurb. Oh, sorry, yeah, and it's great. Just read that. That's kind of neat concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these sidebars, a lot of these sidebars have great fluff for GM mm-hmm. fodder to give you an idea to put you in that perspective. It seems like just the blurb there mentions a, a runner who's suddenly encountering maybe a piece of god ice. Yeah. Ice that's either the remains of someone that they knew or an AI that is actually, you know, hunting for people to contact, maybe for whatever reason they have. That would be an excellent way of, you know, if the, if a runner is having some difficulty and suddenly he rolls a triumph, have maybe a piece of god ice help him out. It's like, oh, no, this uh, ice that was about to fry your brain, no, um, this, uh, this god ice, you know, whatever it is, intercepted it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, now That's a great it's, use for a triumph or a despair. Is. Or a or despair a because, you know, maybe this god ice has some nefarious plans for yeah. you in the future. I saved your ass, so now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sweet. Imagine right. a piece of ice that wants to uh, have a a host body once in a while and walk around in your in your meat. <laughs> oh my gosh, Stefan, you're kind of creepy. I love it. That's great. <laughs> That's good stuff, dude. <laughs> Ooh, giving me shivers, man. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. So what do we have next here? We have running. We have something called running the network. Yeah. So there are. So it says there are four technologies that define this setting. First mm-hmm. is the beanstalk. Mm-hmm. Second is the fusion power. Third is like brain tapping for the creation taping. of like, 
taping, sorry, brain taping. Yeah. Um, for like the creation of biroids and clones. And fourth is the network itself. Yep. So um, so it's it cool. pays a, it plays a very integral role mm-hmm. to well yeah and, and if you've listened to the live play that I've been running for the um, the RPG brewery or the brewery, mm-hmm. um, you'll note that you know as GM I'm constantly bringing in network influences and mm-hmm. always there's people you know always using the net in the background. There's always somebody sitting on the street corner, sitting there playing a freaking virtual reality game or yep. there's yeah. you know, as a, you know, with people have people getting on friend net in between mm-hmm. encounters having have uh, have uh, npcs being distracted by the network at all times constantly yep. um those are key ways to bring the network into every encounter yeah because it, it it's an important part it's one of the well, four yeah. pillars of technology in the system so well, yeah. that's it you know, it's everywhere mm-hmm. and, then, and then there's um Something called manipulating the net, where most devices have your, um, <coughs> excuse me, you have wireless connections to these devices where you can connect up to pads, hoppers, fridges, coffee makers, and other things Yeah, that a runner can use, <coughs> you know? Right. And, I mean, you can... You can even go so far as to say, like talents, like can be tied to net use that aren't normally tied to net use. I'll use a good example: a special use permit uh, talent. You could have that so that a it, in tied to your gun is a network connection that will track when you fire it, and for the special use permit. And and nice. and and if you don't have justification for firing your firearm, that can be immediately rescinded. Or put on suspension until further notice. You know that those oh, kinds yeah. of things. And it can send I, I a signal to your gun where it won't let it fire. Those a great way to spend a despair in that combat or oh, uh, several maybe, threat. Evil, maybe man. a policeman evil. also has. Maybe even a policeman's gun is monitored just to make sure: Are you using your gun responsibly? Or are you using it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, ir- irresponsibly just for. Yep. You know, his his. His interactive firearm will yeah. will interact with his cyber eye, determining whether it is a use uh, a lawful use of lethal force or not, and allowing him whether uh, allowing him whether fi- uh, to fire it or not. You could have these kinds of situations in this game or not. Oh, exactly. Imagine a cop who's on probation because he's used excessive force in the past. So uh, <laughs> you spend one of that no cop's despairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of that cop's despairs. It's like no, no, your gun doesn't fire because uh, you've been using it too much. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> and it, and there's there is really and I think a, a very important concept here, and to really understand is this limits to a run, as well. Yeah, and that's on page one twenty five here, and it goes through an example of a runner trying to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to get surveillance on somebody by hacking into the refrigerator. Well, you can have access to the fridge. You might be able to change the temperature. You won't be able to open the fridge because there's no motivators or anything to do that. Um, You'll be able to maybe send a signal to them to say, hey, your milk needs to be refreshed. But there's really no reason why a refrigerator would have a camera on it or even be a mic or anything. Nor would it be directly tied to their financial records. It would might be able to tell Perfect them that idea. they need to order milk or auto order mm-hmm. some things, yep. you know. 
and have those auto orders delivered by drone, but there wouldn't be a way. You, you really got to limit the scope. And yeah. this paragraph covers that. Limit it the does. scope of your run. When you're designing a network encounter, a run for your, your net runner for, for any game, yeah. limit the scope of oh, yeah. each individual run. What are the objectives and what are the things that the network that they're touching can interact with? Because mm. I would say, I would say, let's say, to be sure that the runner doesn't access the guy's, the person's financial records well. Okay, you're you're low on on milk and your vegetables are about to spoil. It sends a, a message to the owner of the fridge, but he, he still has to approve the purchase. Like, okay, yes, please right. do order that, and but I don't want them. any bananas, so don't mm-hmm. don't order bananas, just the milk. Mm-hmm. And then it okay's the the transaction. And speaking of network encounters, yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna go into our we're gonna hop over to our next section of the show. And talk about the encounter rules next. Sound go. good? You guys have anything else to say about the actual fluff and feel of the nut here? Any oh, last no, thoughts no. on it? I'm like my grandmother. We had dessert first. Now let's get into the main dish. <laughs> okay, y'all. I well, believe you. What's that? You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, thank you. Okay, here we go. Me, 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 me. Okay, everybody. Open up your books of Genesis, specifically your book of Genesis. Um, your, what do you call it? Shadows of the Beanstalk book um, to page 125 because... Mm-hmm. See, you didn't think I was going to do it, everybody. No, I, did. I thought we were going to lose out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I missed it last week, last time. It's like, it's like hearing uh-huh. angels uh, complain. <laughs> <laughs> Stub their toe or something. Thank you, Stefan. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate that, buddy. Um, yeah, so here we are going to go into the encounter rules. Network encounter rules, where we're going to be talking about the encounter structure, what makes up a system that we're going to run Can't. through. Yeah, the mechanics of it all, um, and then um, you know what I, you know. We already mentioned a couple of these terms: ice, icebreakers, what those kind of mean. Ice, um, ice baby. Yeah, and then um, you know how, and then finally we'll kind of wrap this up on like some of the tips on how to build a network encounter, which we've kind of touched on a little bit, and then of course going into what actions and what maneuvers you can take during a run, specifically. Yeah. So. And who can do what? Let's start it off. Who wants to start this puppy off? With... I can. Yeah, man. Go ahead, Tone. All right, so encounter structure. So like we do when we play Genesis, we have other types of encounters. We have uh, chase encounters. We have combat encounters. We have social encounters. Mm-hmm. Well, now this is a third encounter that can be run separately or in conjunction with the other two, particularly the big two, the social and the combat. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do them as a cha- uh, part of a chase, too, if you want to, but usually a, com- a chase is usually just uh, like a free-form combat encounter. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, the, you're going you're gonna to want to roll initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And uh, you're going to have players who are taking the one of the two roles in the encounter. There's 
one role is that of the runner. That's the person who's attacking the system, who's hacking into it. Mm -hmm. And then the other role, if the player takes that role, then maybe somebody's trying to actively hack their system. Then they're going to be taking the role of sysop, which is the system operator who's protecting things. Mm -hmm. And those are typically your runner. You would be making your computer's hacking role, and your Mm -hmm. sysop would be making the computer's sysop skill check for those. Right. And, um, well, for the initiative, correct. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and it uses the, uh, well, it says here, structured encounters involving runners and net ru- network use the mm-hmm. rules for initiative found on page 96 of the core. Yep. So they use the standard initiative yep. for cool and vigilance. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I didn't I didn't even realize that. I was having people roll their, uh, their hacking for initiative. Mm-mm. So... Yeah, so you're going to yeah, have the, the system operator run, roll his cool. You're going to have that hacker roll his uh, mm-hmm. vigilance. Right. Yeah, what I was saying is that when you're making checks as a runner, mm-hmm. you'll be running, you'll be making computer hacking checks. And oh, when you're correct. making checks as a sysop, you'll be using your computer's sysops skill check. Because so, computers are split into two now. Yep. Two different skills, so... Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so and you can maintain one initiative order for everyone when you do the mingled encounters, when you do combat and uh, oh. a net run at the same time. Um, go ahead and just go ahead and mingle the initiative with the others. That's why you roll with the same original uh, rules. Yeah. And um, the net runners are taking their actions and maneuvers in the virtual space as opposed to in the real world. And while their comrades may be using their actions to drive vehicles or shoot guns. Mm-hmm. So, so next we go into systems. Yeah. And what's that? What's the goal of that there, um, Stefan? Well, once you know you want to access the system, mm-hmm. that's the whole purpose that the hacker would say, well, well, maybe the rest of the group are infiltrating physically, let's say the factory or you mm-hmm. know, building. The hacker is back at their home base and they're hacking. They access the system, they find it on the net, gain access to it, and then eventually, you know, once they've accessed it, but because depending on the security and protocols that are in place, it might be anything from being simple to formidable. Yep. You try just getting the basic access, mm-hmm. and once you're there, then you you can have acts try to access the subsystems, right. which can include anything from the doors, you know, locking, locking and unlocking doors. So you you want your your buddies to access the the front door. Well, that you have to access the system first. Find yep. the front door, unlock it for them, mm-hmm. and maybe loop the security cameras, which will be another subsystem, mm-hmm. and so forth, and helping yeah. them out as it goes along. If you're running it, let's say with a physical infiltration. Yeah, and that, and that's a that's a that's a key concept there. What Stefan talked about is. Your first step is to access the system as a whole, and yep. then from there you go to the subsystems that are protected by ice and the right. firewalls and such. Well, and exactly. to access the system, there's a difficulty chart, like Stefan had said, difficulty yep. from simple to formidable, table 3-1 on mm-hmm. page 126. Yep. Yep. So, for example, a few systems, something something that's really simple, 
a traffic cam, yeah. you know, or tubelev dispenser, mm-hmm. uh, or ticket ticket dispensers or a little bit more difficult then you have someone's personal uh, pad uh, a small business server of course then you go to something with corporate servers which can be daunting and megacorps you know because they're they take their security <laughs> seriously because they yeah. probably have stuff mm-hmm. to hide <laughs> mm-hmm. well beanstalk here we go the tough, toughest yeah. beanstalk controlled systems formidable yeah. duh <laughs> yeah right yeah, they, they don't they don't they don't skimp on security there. So. No, they <laughs> it's it's the lifeblood, pretty much, of <laughs> yeah. New Angeles and the Earth. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. So this would therefore, be your initial. Go ahead, Don. Therefore, as a GM, I would auto upgrade too. Yeah, that's just the basic <laughs> difficulty. Of course, you would. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. So those so those difficulties are used for your initial check to get inside the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would I would assume you know the. the the runner usually bounces his signal a couple of times, three, four, five times around the world, maybe to muddle his own trace. Yeah, and that's right. Or he's right there on site, jacking in with the party. Yeah, you know, which mm-hmm. yeah. depending, you know, you may have, you would probably have to, especially on a corporate black site or a government. Well, server, it, you'd there, probably have to be well, on site, right? I mean, that's there might be relative. It, there might be partitions of the server that can only be accessed online. Mm-hmm. So if even if the runner is not with phys- the group physically, maybe you know, one of the the runners or the infiltrators has this like uh, almost like a USB stick. That, you know, when you get to the server, plug that in. That way, I'll be able to to access it and download the files. Yeah. Uh, but we need but we need that physical connection to happen yeah. so that I can I can access it remotely. There we you know, go. All yep. kinds of little. Plot devices, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, can make things a bit more difficult. Right, and then once they do that, do everything they can to right. make things difficult. <laughs> and then once they plug that in, that's mm-hmm. when all the dudes come attack those guys that are on site. And then you do your run, roll well, initiative, <laughs> right? Exactly. You have to beat the ice that's protecting the files while your guys are are facing the Prisex security guards mm-hmm. and. Long enough for you to download the files, and you know. <laughs> That's right. So accessing these files, man. How are we doing this? So we're in. We're in. They put. They've jacked. In, you know. They've jacked in our, yeah. our, our our USB drive, right, or whatever the hell it is. And we've accessed the system. Well, What's next? Um, then they Where see all the subsystems, but and they they'll they'll know there's ice there, but they don't know what kind of ice. What's ice? Until they encounter it. What is ice? Ice is an acronym. It means intrusion countermeasure electronics. Nice. Ice ice baby. Yes. Right? So the term has been coined a long time ago when cyberpunk styles of literature and gaming came out. Cool. Yep. And narratively, when you're moving, Mm because, you know, we say maneuvers in an encounter, you're moving from file to file and you're doing things, um, that... It's, it's not like walking. It's just moving no. your attention from one thing to another. Yeah. And so the, we, it says in here on the sidebar, uh, mm-hmm. attempt access, is it, it's a dental. So moving from one file to another, from one area in a subsystem to another, mm-hmm. um, is it, it's an incidental. You're just, yeah. it's quicker than walking for sure. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So like opening a window for for your mm-hmm. file for RPG yeah. RPG stuff, and then opening another file for your family well, pictures. Well, this gives <laughs> us th- th- this actually is a nice little segue into the picture they have on the next page on one twenty seven, an example mm-hmm. system. Let's go through right. this because this is really um 
really, really key. So if you guys want to, if everybody's out there following along, we're on page 127 in the book, um, yeah. looking at a Haas Archaeology security server. Yep. Yeah. So it, it it determines right there this this mm-hmm. network in the network counter encounter the runner tries to access the system. It's going to have a codified access difficulty. Yeah. And that's on, we found that on the chart. And you look in an archaeology server is going to be a hard check. Yeah. So this says here that the initial hack to get to access the system initially a hard computer's hacking check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once the runner has access though, it's an incidental for them to travel to the subsystems. Right. And when they travel from to their from the first or from that level of mm-hmm. I'm in the system yep. to moving to their first subsystem, they immediately encounter their first ice. Right. Well, yeah, so it's it's one of those things where, okay, so I'm in, I want to hack this, I want, I want to go to the cameras now. So then we yeah. look on here, security cameras, subsystem, we have a barrier ice called an ice wall that's protecting mm-hmm. us to get to those security cameras. So then, like you said, Tony, we take that initial, we take that incidental, but then we encounter ice, we have to immediately... Yeah. Um, deal with it. Use an action to deal with it. Exactly. Uh-huh. To me, it kind of reminds me of uh, the uh, board game by uh, Steve Jackson Games, uh, Munchkin. You arrive into a room, you kick <laughs> down the door, and then, oh, there's a monster there. Face <laughs> the monster. Yep. Or a trap. <laughs> if you defeat, yeah, or trap. Defeat <laughs> it, and then you get the loot. <laughs> exactly. And in this case, will be access. The loot will be access to the cameras. That's it. It's like ooh, footage about you know the the president getting it on with his secretary. <laughs> Blackmail well, material. Well, there we go. I so, did not and, have and sex with her. Oh, sorry. One thing we noted. <laughs> one thing we noted in our in our um, our initial look at the book. If you're looking at a hard copy of the book, and you're looking at this, um, yes, <laughs> you're looking at this uh, <laughs> server. This. Uh, um, example encounter with the server, you're like, okay, there's all these numbers. Where do they go? Well, if you look very fine, you pull your glasses down to the edge of your nose like this old man has to do, mm-hmm. you can see in there the faded numbers. They're shiny. Where, they're black. Yeah, the numbers they're shiny are... and black over mm-hmm. a dark green environment. Or dark blue. <laughs> they're there. In the they're PDF, there. though, they look the PDF, they're very bright. They're very yeah, they bright fixed and them. white. Yep, or... <laughs> they fixed them. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. that being said, I mean, let's go through this just a little bit step by step here. So mm-hmm. first, the runner's in. That's step mm-hmm. one. Then step two, he's um, he can see the subsystem systems available. He's That's going it. to see that he has a number of them. He has one, two, three, mm-hmm. f- uh, one, two, three, four, five, six different subsystems available to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's going to immediately see that some of them are hidden behind ice. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, some of them are not, or, but he, he doesn't exactly know that until he They don't know which tries ones. To. won't know which ones are are protected by ice until you go to them. Right? Uh, no, he, no they'll, they'll know that, that there is ice. So, for example, the first one, emergency light system, he knows that there's no ice on that one. Yeah. He just doesn't know what type of ice it is until he goes to encounter it. That's it. So security wow. cameras does have ice, but he doesn't know it's an ice wall until he, he tries to access the security cameras. Then suddenly, whoops, mm. wall of ice. <laughs> say, oh, there we go. Now I have to break that down. Right. Gotcha. So you're, you're, let's let's look at, you know, if this was the encounter, the first round he makes the access. 
then he's he's in the system. So he attempts to do his incidental, and he wants to move to subsystem number. Let's just go to subsystem number four, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, or the with the number, number four. four. Yep. Right, number four. Yeah. So he's trying to get to that. He's going to immediately see that there's a piece of ice there. He uses his incidental to encounter it. Move, move to it. Yeah. Now he sees what it is. We go on because he made his check. He's done his maneuver. He's done his incidental. We can go on to the next round. Or if he has talents that allow him to activate a program as a maneuver, he could even go so far as to encounter that ice right then and there. Well, yeah. they must attempt to break it. He doesn't have a choice. Or if you, if you do, if you do an incidental, up. the way I read this, if you do an incidental to move to that security camera subsystem, you have to attempt to break the ice. Regardless. They must attempt to break it. You must yes. attempt with to break the action. Yeah, because yes. you're encountering mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it's going to either notice you if it's a code right. gate uh, or ice wall will simply block your access. Yep. And before I actually do that incidental, I'm going to spend a maneuver and bring up some icebreakers. And have that ready gotcha. before I go. Because okay. if you don't have an mm-hmm. active, if you don't have an active icebreaker, you cannot use it. No, it okay. doesn't add the boss. You can still try to bypass ice, but it, without an icebreaker, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. but you don't get the mm-hmm. strength of the icebreaker as almost like yeah. automatic successes. That's kind of the way that I'm reading this. So correct me if That's I'm wrong. True. Once you do the incidental, yeah. you have to break the ice as an action next. Yeah, and it does say that right then and there. Mm-hmm. It says you okay. must attempt to yeah. break it once you've encountered it. So yeah. you either could go as far as to you've moved, you've you've hacked into the system. You mm-hmm. see that you have before you six subsystems. Mm-hmm. You decide you're going to you decide you're going to move to that one there. Yeah. You're going to then use your maneuver to activate or to bring up your um because it is a belief I believe it's a maneuver to bring up an icebreaker. I believe so. Activate. You can always you can always have it active already beforehand. Yeah. Coming right. in, yeah. I think. Once it's active but because yeah. you can have your pad or whatever mm-hmm. rig you have can have but a certain am- amount of ice or mm-hmm. icebreakers active already. Yeah. Enacting a command is a network uh is a maneuver. So yeah, you would enact the command. You'd bring up your ice. Mm-hmm. Um and then you would ins- you know, you would uh then wait to your next turn probably to encounter it. You're gonna dive in on your next one because you're going to encounter it and you're gonna roll. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't that be part of the action? If it's your initiative, if you're the first one to act in your initiative, you take the maneuver to move to security cameras. No. Then you the what, ice pops up, and I then you do, have your action. What I would to do as a runner, break. What I would do as a runner first, I would have to take the activate program maneuver to bring up my icebreaker to have it ready. Then, because I don't know what kind of ice is there, so I might want to bring up a one that's kind of would hit all kinds. See, that's yep. kind of the trick here. Yeah. Right. And then and then I take that incidental. And then it says, "All right, you gotta go. If your icebreaker does not break, what does it look? What is it? Um, and a, a barrier ice. If it's only good against sentry ice, well, you're screwed. <laughs> well, that's where you take your maneuver to to bring it up, which will bring down your other icebreaker that's not effective. Nope. My understanding with this yeah. is that you have to have something up because you don't know what it is, and once you." Maneuver. You take that incidental to go in. You have to break it right then. You have yes, to have you, the right. Yeah, but up. the program doesn't have to be there. 
you can be you'd have no programs active exactly. and still try to to break it. That's that's yes. your action. Right. That but I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying you can't take a maneuver between between doing that attempting access to that subsystem and your and then your attempt to break the ice. That's all so I'm cannot, saying. So you you cannot take a like a second maneuver to bring up the proper icebreaker if you if you didn't bring I don't the right think, one. I think I don't know what this is I'm glad we're have I'm glad we're doing this for our listeners because I'm trying to understand this and make sure we get it right. Well, for example, if I go to the next page 128, okay? Yes. Encountering ice step by step. Well, it might be a little dry. Well, yeah, let's it do it. a little dry, but let's just I'll try let's to summarize real quick. So, step 1 character learns the identity, strength, and type of the ice they're encountering. So that's, okay, ice wall. And in this encounter from the previous page, ice wall, strength five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then he must immediately perform the break ice action. Mm -hmm. Now look at the the bolded text. Read that bolded text. They cannot activate an icebreaker at this stage unless they already have a talent or an ability that lets them do so. As an incidental, okay. So there you go. Yeah, there it is. Okay, that's that's the clear. But okay, but so if you read, the... but let's read the if we read the bolded text okay. there above it says, number one. Okay. Yep, above number one it says note. However, that your character can only encounter a piece of ice if they can perform the break ice action to attempt to, right. to break through it. So encounter a piece of ice means taking it incidental. Yeah, that's it. Going to, to the door, to, going to the front door, and kicking the door in. Because I like yeah. seeing like these just wanted these to chart get, as basic rooms. Yep, <laughs> and I, I just wanted thing. to get some of these terms down. So when we say encounter yeah. a piece of ice, it's yeah, seeing it for the first time. Okay, well, so exactly. when okay, so when running the whole encounter, mm-hmm. yeah. you're when you think of the runner's first round, mm-hmm. he's got to have ice ready to go. Yep, and when well, he icebreaker. Break, icebreaker. icebreaker, sorry, yeah. you're right. Icebreaker ready to go, uh, but the first round yeah. is just accessing the system. If he tries to travel anywhere in yeah. the system that's protected mm-hmm. by ice, he's immediately going to encounter it and cannot act. So he cannot inca- no. he cannot travel anywhere that's protected by ice. If he wanted that's to go it. to a s- subsystem that's not protected by ice, access mm-hmm. is all he needed to get into it. And I think accessing. That's- yeah, so accessing is an incidental, and then you said you mentioned the the, the maneuver Tony called enact command. Enacting command, mm-hmm. and I thought that was enacting the command of enacting a piece of uh, software like your breaker, right. but it's right. not. It's, it's enacting a command within the system, making the submit cool. system do something for you. So in or this tip, case, open file using the example of page on page one twenty seven of the example mm-hmm. network. Your hacker goes in, or your runner goes into the system in the first round. He's in. He moves immediately to number three, the emergency light subsystem. As a maneuver, he may enact the command of activating the emergency lights or deactivating the emergency yep. lights. Yeah. That's so the you're... limited scope of mm-hmm. that piece of subsystem of that subsystem. Right. And that's something when when you're designing these encounters, GMs have that have that codified for yourself what can they do what can't they do right yes. so basically toggle if, lights on and off boom that's it you could yeah. strobe them so, maybe you could strobe and you be, be a little loosey-goosey yeah. with it too they might want to you might want to have there's something you could use the emergency lights to send signals to your to your team on the ground in yeah. there 
yeah. use it in Morse, Morse code. code or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But <laughs> I guess I guess if yeah, if you're the rest of your team is physically entering a building and you're remotely, they would have to almost like delay their actions. Like, okay, I'm accessing the system first, then wait because I have to unlock the door for you. So then he has to, if he wants mm-hmm. to access the number five security doors and subsystems, then mm-hmm. he'd have to encounter the first piece of ice, in this case, Hawk's Eye, defeat that, then go to the authenticator, mm-hmm. defeat that, then eventually, hopefully you know, on the, the third round, yeah. then he's got the security doors. That's where another a little further down they say multiple runners can be more useful. Yep. Well, so one guy attacks the ice, the other mm-hmm. one like hit stands back, and as soon as the ice goes down, there we go. Open the doors. <laughs> so would you know? So would you know? Here's a question. So when you initially come in here on number two, would you mm-hmm. know that there are two pieces of ice protecting security doors? You would, would you not. Know that? You would just know there's some protecting it. You don't know that there were two, right? You'll know that there's one. You'd yes. know that there's one or, piece of ice. Or know like, there's some ice. Yeah, you'd know there's that there's there. at least one. You know, Sorry, you'd know yeah. that there's some. You immediately encounter that first one, or you know it's there. The next round you go in past that first one, you would yeah. then become immediately aware that there's another one. Yeah. Gotcha. Unless you can use, you know, advantages and triumphs. In certain ways that, yeah, you can get advanced knowledge. I think you, you can. can do that if mm-hmm. you go jumping ahead a little bit. A little but bit, sorry. We're but, yeah. page 130. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are ways to spend advantage and triumphs, threat and despair in mm-hmm. a network encounter that, ha- that the uh, runner or the sysop. Because we haven't really talked about the sysop's role yet. No. No. But they can do things like that. Uh, with a triumph, yep. Uh, com- completely shutting down a piece of ice so that you can, yeah. it's off completely. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Or um, either for the encounter or for the advantage. entire run. Three advantage, permanent back yeah. door. Now you can permanently get into this system. Yep. And there so are also subsystem. Yep. And then there is one thing. There is also something you gotta you gotta remember too, is when you break ice. So when you do get through that hawk's eye, it's uh-huh. gonna be that piece of ice will be down until the end of end of your next turn. Yeah. Okay. By default. Yeah, by default. Right. So that does give you a base duration. Mm-hmm. And then you can spend and then of course, like you guys were saying, you could spend those triumphs and advantage to extend that if you would like. Yes. And I believe there are pieces of there are ice breakers that once you break through ice, it's down for the encounter, which is great. Those are more expensive, oh, yeah. but you know what I mean? So yes. it's very complicated here. It does get a little bit complicated, and I hope we're doing this complex. Justice. I hope we're doing it's it justice we're, here. Yeah, <laughs> we're bouncing around a little bit sometimes ahead, but as as these situations come up as we're discussing, we're mm-hmm. trying to handle them. So now, now there's this little sidebar down here on the bottom of page 128, which is we're really kind of following along, but we are jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this sidebar, encountering layers of ice, particularly secure portions of a server, are protected by multiple pieces of ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mapping out the different layers of ice uh, that have to be broken through is the job of the GM. Um, and it, 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 they've got some kind of hard and fast rules here. Uh, your character is only still limited 
to encountering one piece of ice that they can spend that they if they can spend an action and attempting to break it. Right. So th- this means your character must successfully override one piece of ice. They must wait until their next turn to encounter the second piece of ice before they can access a protected portion of the system. Mm-hmm. And remember that an overridden ice remains deactivated until the end of their second turn. So really, they can only ever have two pieces of ice that they're working with as mm-hmm. a single person yeah. naturally without any extra talents or any specifically cool software or specifically yeah. cool gear that they can deal with. And so as a GM, you should keep that in mind because then if you were to add a third layer of ice, that makes it very difficult for a single net runner or runner to yeah. mm-hmm. access. Does that, that doesn't have the talents. That will allow you to do two in one turn. So when you, exactly. when, you have, when you have a runner who has those talents, design a system occasionally with three layers of ice Absolutely. so that allows those talents to shine mm-hmm. and makes that player feel like they spent that XP for a reason. Um, it's like giving, it's like always give boost dice or always give setback yeah. dice to your checks so that those talents that they do grab can remove them you know same kind of concept i think yeah and 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 or this you know maybe the the net runner has attempted to get into this system and it's a great way to bring in uh another runner uh so well that's it if you have two runners then yeah then layer the ice a little bit more especially for highly sensitive uh subsystems yep right yeah that's that, and that was brought up there in that layers of ice sidebar. So yeah, that's a good uh, one. That's very good, and that that was on page one twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. So what's the, uh, so? Let's talk about the hunters and the hunted a yeah. little bit. <laughs> so yeah, so it says here that ice isn't the only thing you have to worry about. You got to worry <laughs> about the sysops guys, the system operators in yep. Stefan's bank of computer programmers yep. at NASA. Right? I mean, I work for NASA, exactly. and you're right. I mean, there are a lot of those... <laughs> oh, Tony, you have a sad face. You're out of alcohol? Yes, I'm out of alcohol. <laughs> oh. Well, you remember the, the old movie with Angelina Jolie when she was younger called Hackers, of course? Oh, yeah. yeah and so um, what's his name? Get your Johnny. Go up. And, of yeah, course, they, Johnny... Well, who's the guy? He's played um, in the... Um, what do you call it? Elementary. Johnny, whatever his name is, was in it, too. Very young, dude. Yeah, but yeah, they, they, you know, while while Angelina Jolie's character and another guy who she's involved with are hacking a system, mm-hmm. you also have the camera sometimes pans to the sysop, the guy who's yeah. in charge of security, and he's telling his own counter hackers, let's say, mm-hmm. no, do this and do that, and because oh no, we've got an intrusion, so think of it as, you know, the sysop is actively trying to block, you know, so mm-hmm. it's a bit like a chess game where, no, right. let's move this one here and then move that there. Uh, <laughs> but then your remote hacker, though, your remote runner who's out there somewhere in his mm-hmm. the comfy of his, you know, the comfort of his own, you know, um, his own apartment there, if he starts to get traced, which is the, the job oh, of the, the sysops person, exactly. it, depending on what they're going after, if they're going after one of these black sites... They might send out like a militant group to come, um, yeah. you know, smoke you. Security ya. forces, yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like we need this in- guy eliminated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and you know, the, um, what do you call it? The uh, the book, um, Ready Player One, perfect example. Mm-hmm. 
perfect yeah. example of doing something like that. And another thing that they can do, it lists here, the very bottom, the very last sentence, if the runner mm-hmm. is using a BMI, <laughs> they can even do damage to that runner's brain. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, a BMI or a skull jack. You know, you're jacked directly. Mm-hmm. That, so there's a risk of, of frying that gray matter. So, you know. <laughs> and speaking of frying the gray matter, the next <laughs> thing here... We need to we need to get a link to the system, yeah, to actually yep. activate it, right? So this next section talks about that, and one of them obviously is a is a physical link to it using like a brain machine interface if you need, if you want, right? Yep. All systems have a way of access, access, accessing them. Some systems may it may be only a physical link. Some systems it yeah. may only be a network, a wireless capability. However, most of the time it's both. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. So once in a while, you might have one of those military facilities where, the, yeah, the hacker cannot access a system from his safe little no. warehouse or room uh, apartment. You'll have to go with the guys that mm-hmm. are with the guns and then jack in with a wire or wirelessly, but it has to be close. Right. Yeah. And that, that, and that let- where all the bullets will be flying. Yeah, <laughs> it's a self-contained exactly. system with an air gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that last sentence, like you said, Tony is very important. However, all systems have some way of accessing them. You don't want to mm-hmm. write yourself into a corner as a GM and no. not give them access if they fail a check to find it or whatever. You know, just give them a way to get in to screw themselves over. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, right. you know, the reason why that system is self it may be self-contained, but even the people who are using it, whether that's a Whale and security, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kept it off grid, off the the net, but they still want their own employees to be able to access it. So yes, there are ways mm-hmm. for them to access it. There's computer terminals, you know, um, and jacks and stuff. But it's just they're making it a bit more difficult for the rogues <laughs> runners mm-hmm. the to rover. access it. <laughs> yep. All right. So. so we get into these network actions, and we don't have to go through them all. No. Um, but um, the, the key ones, uh, you know, particularly accessing the system, we've already discussed mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yeah. Um, the burning <laughs> a system. That's now, interesting. That was one I wanted to highlight. We should probably cover that. Okay. Burning a system is a difficulty. It's daunting, and it's a computer's hacking check, yeah. and it is available to the runner and the sysop. Mm-hmm. And that's the way these each are described. What the difficulty is, what skill and who can do it, and then the description. Mm-hmm. In the description, the runner or the sysop may want to just sow destruction. You're just going in there, and you're wiping, you're, you're wiping shit out as you're going. Mm-hmm. So as an action, the runner or the sysop may attempt a daunting computers or hacking check, a computer's hacking check, to damage the system they have currently access to. Right. This includes the runner's own rig if the sysop mm-hmm. has located it, with successful mm-hmm. trace. Oh, yeah. If the if the check is successful, the system is damaged by one step, plus one additional step for each for two for every additional two successes. Yep. Uh, the damage follows the rules in the item maintenance, which Chris and Stefan and I talked about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go figure. And that is that <laughs> there are that there are four levels of damage. There's sure. minor damage. Go back to listen and can and then come I back. I think Tony might have to listen too. <laughs> Actually, no, you're right. There are four levels of damage. There's undamaged. Right. 
Right? Life <laughs> the, well, there's four levels. Yeah. But anyhow, the, yes. At the end of it all, the last one is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, there's there's minor, moderate, and major. And then minor, destroyed. And then destroyed. Uh, uh, major, major is... Oh, it's a, oh, you're right. It is. Destroyed is destroyed. There we when go. When it becomes major, is it considered destroyed? It says unusable. No. Nope. It's just unusable, but rep, not irreparable. Destroyed oh, so is fourth. destroyed. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so is this fourth. Sweet. Bam. Which, Rock, and being, daunt, hey, and being a daunting something. check. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's going to be hard. And being a, daunt, being a daunting check, this sort of <laughs> reinforces the fact that, yeah, the, the net is fairly robust, and even someone's rig is made you know, to subs- to to resist a lot of damage, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a little power surge coming back in, so you really have to to be dedicated to sowing that destruction. <laughs> so. Absolutely, if you're in to the thing, yeah. yes, yes. And then, and then the next the next action here, which is basically what the runner does, is breaking ice, yep. and that's breaking always ice. now that's always going to be an average computer's check, nine yep. times out of ten, right? That's your basic. Yep, yep. That's your base check, and then unless the you, unless the ice modifies that in some way unless the ice, the modifi- ice itself the ice could modify it yeah that's true could increase the difficulty correct but typically mm-hmm. your ice is going to set a strength mm-hmm. which has well, to that's be the number, number of successes yep yeah. that'll be the number of successes you have to generate greater actually you have to have greater, yeah, greater. than the number of mm-hmm. um the strength of the ice you're trying to break and if you yeah. have an icebreaker yeah. active you can add the strength of the icebreaker to those successes that you get. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then it's like of a course, gun. yep. It and then of course, of damage. Yep. And then of course, <laughs> you could spend um, advantage and triumph um, on table three dash two um, on page one thirty for that. Um, yeah. These are just suggested are, ways to spend it. Yeah. There are other things um, you can do. And then, some of these are codified, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the covering your tracks or the dynamic code aspects. Mm-hmm. They're codified. They, they have yeah. specific uses. Yep. Whether the, it's the runner or the GM or a player can come up with inventive ways to spend it, it's encouraged as long as it kind of stays in the same power. You're not going to let somebody lock out a, uh, a sysop, lock out a sys, uh, an operator or a runner with one advantage. Right. It, no, it doesn't make sense. It takes at least four traces, you know, four successful traces to get the pinpoint location mm-hmm. uh, normally. So, yeah, one advantage would be not, not enough. A, right. a, a triumph might be good enough to, to equal a couple of successes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, um, so this next, uh, this next action called trace user is interesting because the sysop needs to know they're being hacked. Before yeah. they can even do anything like that, and I mm-hmm. think that if you generate a like a despair or three threat during your any of your checks, any of your if your runner generates the threat or the despair, then your sysops knows somebody's in there. Then they can start okay. tracing, yep. or they could do what's called a sweep action, which is a hard computer sysops check. You know, they don't even know that there's an intruder in their system. They can just boop, sweep for intruders well, and it. see if somebody's there. Yeah, so. it's like a guard going around the building, seeing, mm-hmm. make, make sure everything's okay. He's just not yep. looking actively, but, you know, okay, everything seems okay. Fine. Keep yeah. walking. And if they and fail this check, they don't know anybody's in their system. And But if they succeed, yep, they could spot an intruder. And for every success beyond that, they can know that there's somebody else in there. 
Yeah. So. And these are all actions. Mm-hmm. Those are all actions. Yeah. Right. All right. So that's tracing. And it tracing, there's a little sidebar over on page 131 about mm-hmm. and, and a table about tracing and what the information that each trace gives to the sysop. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to kind of follow what you're, you know, okay, he's got one trace on you. He knows where you are mm-hmm. on Earth. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but the most important that you're thing, aware. Yeah. And the most important thing that a trace does for a sysop user is it makes that lockout action that's right on that same page here easier. Yes. Reduces the difficulty yeah. from formidable, which is huge. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. Because, yeah, as soon as he knows that you're there as a runner, he can try and lock you out. It's just it takes formidable. Yeah, but if he can do a couple of a couple of traces, as long as he's, you know, if he's got three successful traces on you, mm-hmm. then he removes three, three purple dice. Oh, yeah. Bringing it down to oh, an average difficulty. And yeah, he knows and there's commuter you're in. And, and there's even talents out there. There's a talent called Net Hunter that, that yeah. allows that sysop, once he's got one trace on you, he can treat it like it's two. Nice. And, yeah. and oh. so that will make that sysop, you know, remember, GMs, keep your sysops. you got to have their yeah. list of stats, too. And mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. That yep. talent's very handy for your sysop. Yeah. And I, I, one thing I noticed with the lockout here I wanted to mention. Yes. Um, it... The, at the GM's discretion, the runner may be able to regain access to the system, performing the access system action again. Mm-hmm. However, if they don't do excuse me, something to disguise their signal, such as rerouting through another server, or mm-hmm. getting up and leaving where they're, hacked, where they're jacked in and going to another spot in the building, yeah. if they don't do that, that difficulty to access the system, codified on page 3-1, is increased by 2. That's a good oh, point. A, oh. I did not. I did not see that. That's good. Yeah, I like oh, that. So you'll have to go to a, a, another yucca bean uh, shop to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to to access the internet. There you go. There you go. And Order another frappuccino and then access the internet. <laughs> yep. And then we've already went over the two network maneuvers that you can do. Enacting a yeah. command. That's the one. Once you're in a subsystem, to to like say you know in the camera subsystem, you can loop footage, turn them on or off. And then you have your activate a program maneuver, which is you're either you're activating your ice or your icebreakers. Yeah, right. Um, so, all right. And speaking of which, the nice little segue. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, you're doing that so well today, Chris. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> you're firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <coughs> oh, I'm fired. All right. <laughs> yeah. Even even though even though you're coughing up a storm, you're smoking. I truly do apologize, everybody. I do not. Well, I smoke because it's. I have only, a wood secondhand smoke. I have. I have a. I have a wood pellet <laughs> smoker grill. <laughs> That's why. Anyways, so let's yes. get into these. We have an anatomy of ice, and we have anatomy of ice breakers. What are these guys? Well, let's right, talk. So. I'll talk about the ice, and I'll let right. Stefan take the icebreakers if you want. Yeah. So, the anatomy of ice. Ice starts out. You have a description, or a, a, it's a name. It's a cool name. Mm-hmm. It that's the factory name. It doesn't have to be the name your character uses for it. Maybe you've changed it up a little bit. Maybe you've yeah, got that custom code talent, and you've made it your own. Yep. Um, but anyhow, that's the that's the, the the factory version, so to speak, or the. The, the free market version there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the program strength. Each 
piece of ice has a listed program strength, and when attempting to override the ice, the strength of your character's override must exceed this number. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then... I I was just wanting to mention, there there is a... um, They seem to be... There's a couple terms that they keep using kind mm-hmm. of to interact. So there's breaking ice, characters override. You know what I mean? So overriding mm-hmm. ice, characters override. That means your number of successes and stuff. So Correct. I had to reread it again. I'm like, what's characters override mean? But yeah. <laughs> you know. that's the that's, that's the, the check to override the, check. the ice. Yep. yep. There we go. Or break and, it. Yep. Yep, and then the effects, the last thing listed under each one of these ice uh, entries is the effect. And each piece of ice has something that happens if the uh, if a character attempts to override it and fails. Mm-hmm. Barriers tend to stop runners from accessing that partition section of the system. Code gates tend to boot runners from the system entirely. Mm-hmm. And sentries tend to alert the sysop to their pre- to the presence of an intrusion Mm -hmm. however specific pieces of ice have unique effects above and beyond that and then lastly but not least is the additional rules piece this is something that usually for that particular piece of ice that you can spend advantage threat triumph or despair on Mm -hmm. that's what the usual additional rules section of a piece of ice has yeah Stefan well I, I just want to mention you just want to you want to read all the words to all of these because you'll miss some you might miss something. It's a lot and, of fine print. Yep, a lot of fine print. Go ahead, Stefan. <laughs> all right, so icebreakers still follow a little bit the same uh, formula as uh, the icebreakers. They have a cool name and a description, uh, and what they're able to affect, though. That's one big difference. That's not all icebreakers, ice. yeah, not all icebreakers are effective against everything, because, like they say, they, it, that would cost a lot more money, and they might have some mm-hmm. limitations. So again, like what some, are what are the types of ice that we have? We have barriers, well, the barriers, which are just like walls, just fairly passive. Mm-hmm. The code gates, which is you know, yeah. as long as you have the password, they'll let you in. Got it. And the sentries, which just they're just monitoring, Got you know. It. And they identify you, mm-hmm. which they can also sometimes, you know, send them a signal to the system. It's like, hey, uh, this guy may have used an old code. It yeah. still checks out, but it's an old code. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just hack casually. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Is that worth saying? laughs> and, of course, they have an overwrite strength, which adds it's like the equivalent of, you know, a melee weapon. It has it will add a certain amount of damage that mm-hmm. will represent, you know, uh, its ability to add to the number of successes you roll on your hacking skill to defeat the ice. Again, you have to exceed the barrier or the ice. And then it says, as long as the icebreakers are able to affect the ice, meaning it's well, up it. and running, you have it active, and it can affect the right type. Well, that's it. So, for example, yeah. Femme Fatale icebreaker is only effective against certain things, not... You know, if you're up against a wall, it Same might not be effective. Yep. Yeah. So, and then additional rules. Some of that icebreakers may have additional rules if you're successful. So maybe wow. it will shut down the ice for longer than just until your next, the end of your next round. It might just shut it off for the entire encounter. Cool. That means you don't have to worry about it. Get to the next ice or f- download whatever files or do whatever you're on the system you need to do. Gotcha. 
So there we go. Do you want to go through? Do we want to do an example of one of these? Yeah, we can Maybe. do an example of each. A couple one. examples of sure. each type of ice. Sure. So um, let me see. So barrier ice again. That's the one that just keeps you out. If you get through it, yeah, you get through it's the barrier. A, and then we can do one. And we can do one. Um, let's do. Oh, here's one that I picked for my guy. Hadrian's Wall, developed by know. an in-house Wayland subsidiary. This barrier has interactive algorithms that allow SysOps to reinforce its strength on the fly. So this is pretty cool. It requires a skill yeah. access to. Uh, a, a sysop to use it can block even an elite runner because well the strength of it is eight which uh-huh. is going to be f- pretty freaking tough now the effect of this ice is if they f- try and break this ice if a runner tr- tries to break the ice and fails they're unable to access the subsystem um that uh hadrian's wall protects there's no further effects but during their turn a sysop can spend a maneuver to reinforce the wall. If they do so, the strength becomes a 10 until the end of the sysop's next turn. That's kind mm. of a neat one. You know, that's like... So. Yeah, that's very, very, that's fairly active as opposed mm-hmm. to, let's say, Great Wall, which is just a regular kind of blocking mm-hmm. kind of barrier ice. Pretty strong, strength 6. If you fail, you simply are unable to access the subsystem. Uh, there are no further effects. The additional rule, though, is that this piece of code is, let's say, very effective at blocking multiple subsystems. So you can mm-hmm. protect up to three subsystems. Now, so you could say protect your security cameras, your doors, and the emergency lightings. In our previous example, gotcha. With Hadrian, with the Great Wall. So then, this, this so then this makes me think that one ice. Per subsystem, correct? Uh, quite often. Other than this one. Yeah. Great Wall allows you, you know, someone who's, you know, has, has a budget. Yeah. <laughs> you can't buy multiple copies of Firewall. Well, let's buy one Great Wall <laughs> and protect my three systems. Yeah, I don't. I, I, so is there, is, uh, Tony, did you read anything that an ICE can only only protect one subsystem is that what the base is it is generally there? is one unless yeah. di- unless dictated unless otherwise yeah yeah okay that's yeah. why great wall specifies more than one sus- subsystem okay so, Fire- so it is firewall or hadrian's wall is only one with only one mm-hmm. got it which okay, kind cool. of reminds which remind which kind of begs the question sometimes what if you know for your own campaign you've got for a particularly you know clever uh, system, someone, you know, the SISOP or the AI combine Great Wall with Hadrian's Wall. A great mm-hmm. Hadrian's Wall? There you go. Yeah. Well, that would be basically drawing, writing custom software. And yeah. there are rules, you know, for crafting, for crafting. And we're going to get into those into a future episode. There you go. Sweet. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm teasing the got. audience to come mm-hmm. back so we can uh, talk about it more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Tony, what do you got, bud? Well, I'd like to talk about sentry ice. So sentry ice, uh, it doesn't help uh, keep intruders out of the system. It simply spots them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like a bouncer, not like a bouncer at a door, but more like a security camera. Mm -hmm. um, uh, However, the sentries uh, go further. They backtrace the runner's origins, some of them, uh, and uh, even attempt to attack the runner directly on a few of them. 
So, yes. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I'd like to talk. uh, I mean, my personal favorite is the Janus 1.0. Well, a few, few runners. Yeah. This thing is like the, the, the great big goose egg of, Oh, don't go here. Um, So Janus 1.0, a few runners whisper about the bioroid ice. It's a bioroid ice known as Janus. They say this century stalks has bioroids, most important servers hunting unauthorized users. So you can see this, you know, it's an AI and it's, it just, all it does is hunt down author unauthorized users. It shreds their minds as easily as it shreds programs. This okay. thing has a program strength of nine. Okay, yeah, naturally wow. nine. Most of your sentries are going to be softer than that. They're going to have three, four, five. But this was pretty badass. If a runner attempts to break this ice and fails, the system or the ri- of the the system oh, of the rig or computer that the runner is using is destroyed. That's it. Which you failed, also, dude. It's yeah. gone. Which also kicks the runner out of the system. If the runner is using a BMI, they suffer automatic head ringer critical injury instead, and they must attempt to override Janus again before their follow or during their following turn. If they are already suffering from the head ringer critical injury, they suffer from at the brink critical injury yeah, instead. Nasty. Okay, wait, if wait. they are suffering from that. <laughs> then they Holy suffer crap. from the it is nigh critical. So there okay. are they turns the user's brain into a Mush. system that it can destroy. Yeah. At mm-hmm. the brink is like if you rolled a ninety one to a ninety five. Yeah, and the That's the it. end is nigh is the last yeah. one. The end is nigh is like right before uh, death. <laughs> yeah, die at the end of the encounter or the end of the round. You're gonna the target dies after the last initiative slot during the next round, unless the crit is healed. But wait, but wait, One there's round. more. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. There's more. Oh, there is more. Go, Tony. What is it? For additional rules for every threat the runner generates when attempting to break Janus 1.0, the runner suffers two strain. If they're using a BMI, they suffer one strain and one wound instead. Oh, good lord. As neurons are being burned and so, smoke is coming out of their ears. Yeah. <laughs> wow. GMs, use Janus 1.0 sparingly. If yeah. you throw this thing into every system, your players are going they're going to hate you. <laughs> it, I, I would imagine wow. a Janus ice like this would be expensive takes up a lot of space on a server a lot of processing power funny you Uh, should say that there though stefan talking about spy uh, talking about price we have Mm. table 3-4 for ice is on page 136 buddy and you want to know how much janice point 1.0 is oh it's a rarity eight and costs five thousand dollar credits and it's it's rare it's, well, it's, a bio, it's a bio, yeah, it's a bioroid bio brain bio. connected yeah. di- directly to the server. I would yeah. imagine if it if it shows up, imagine you know the movie Tron and one of yeah. those big, you know, mm-hmm. uh, U-shaped downwards U-shaped vehicles, you know, coming down and just program, firing right? at you no. or just yeah. <laughs> Master control, yep, MC buddy. Master control, Master control. <laughs> units okay. is just you know you're caught in the web of it and just goes <laughs> ah. Uh, all right, so one you bent rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, right. so the code gate ice. There's one that I want to d- 
describe because I actually mentioned it, I think, in our um, when we first talked about hacking um, before. <laughs> it's a pop up, it's, yeah. it's a version <laughs> of code popular with Very corporate simple. marketing, of course. It has a strength of two. Eh, whatever. If a runner attempts to break this ice and fails, they suffer two strain. And then it deactivates until the runner's next turn. However, the additional rules get this. And I'm, yeah. I'm reading this verbatim. The runner may feel a fleeting compulsion to buy a new hopper, refinance the mortgage on their condo hab, or invest their credits in precious metals. Oh, <laughs> I think that's just great. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm slamming you with ads for boner pills. That's what you're getting. <laughs> wow. Vi- Viagra 3.0. <laughs> Sorry. Oh wow, that's great. <laughs> Making yeah. me laugh and cough and all that. I know. I love it. All right. So icebreakers. This is great. Yes. Yes. Icebreakers. Icebreakers. Well. So there's a ton of these. Yeah, there are. And they all have these really cool names. Mm-hmm. For example. The very basic one you could say that would probably be in the arsenal of a uh, of a runner would be battering ram. You'd imagine. Yes. Fairly okay. simple one. It's a strength of six, so pretty decent. Uh, it affects only barriers, though. So anything about walls that we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, ice walls, Hadrian's wall, Great Wall, mm-hmm. Hadrian's Great Wall. <laughs> yeah, this is basically. So this one, yeah. yeah, this one bat- can look like one of those big battering rams from Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. Battering against Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's right. So it adds six points, you know, six successes. Yep. Hopefully you get enough successes to batter her through. And that's mm-hmm. it. Once so this, there's no additional rules, it's very simple. So this is basic point. this is your basic DDoS attack, which yeah. is your denial of service attack. You're overwhelming it with a barrage of pings until it yeah. shuts down. You just smashing the shit out of it. Exactly. What pings. it looks like can can, can vary, but that's the effect. Yeah. Yep. And then they have things. Then there's this other one, which is slick. It's called the um, Gordian Blade. Mm-hmm. Said to have been developed by a source, open source, by a team of runners in less than three hours. And it's just <laughs> awesome because what are you doing? Runners tend to delight in quote unquote slicing through <gasps> complex mathematical puzzles. There you go. Star Wars reference. Yes. <laughs> I figured you'd like but, that one, dude. But, but it's a blade, what, so it's like yeah. you can just like slash through it. So there's so it, it affects Chris, code gates. Yeah, man. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. What kind of uh, ice does it affect? It affe- <laughs> Yep, it affects code gates. Only? It, only. Only code gates. Okay. And it has an override strength of three. But while it's active, the runner can spend two advantage to increase the Gorian Blade's override strength to four until the end of their next turn. There we go. So that's kind of neat. I mean... So almost like it would represent maybe customizing the code a little bit. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a this is a Hawkeye. So let's go. Uh, not a code gate, but uh, this is a different kind of code gate. So yeah. toll booth. I'll say. Mm-hmm. So you can have like kill gate. So this could look like um, Killzak's axe. You know, yeah. um, dragon slain axe, <laughs> or some kind axe of vibro axe through. that a cyber uh, mm-hmm. that uh, someone in a primordial machina has. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. And and again, and, <laughs> nice. Oh, you mean the um, what was that? The blade? What the yeah. hell? Buzz blade? The so buzz blade. Pa- so the next page, <laughs> yeah, page one thirty-eight. There's a table, three dash five for icebreakers mm-hmm. and their cost. And this um, 
Um, your um, battering ram there, Stefan, is yep. cost is a rarity of five, costs four hundred credits, and then mm-hmm. the the Gorian blade that I described, um, a rarity of four and costs four hundred credits to buy <laughs> or code. Yeah. No, so some of them are much more expensive. For example, mm-hmm. Sagittarius A, which is good for is that the, all kinds of ice. Is 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 that a Canadian ice? Yes, Sagittarius, Sagittarius A. a. <laughs> yes, sorry. It's much more expensive. It's rarity of eight, costs two thousand credits, and it's even restricted yeah. because it's so so effective against all kinds of ice. All ice. Barriers, code gates, mm-hmm. and sentries. One of the very rare ones. Very cool. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, it has some other additional rules. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly illegal. It's incredibly yeah. illegal. That's one thing well, you want to point out. It says right in there, incredibly illegal. Just owning, <laughs> just having it on your freaking yeah. your mm-hmm. PAD or on your, uh, your rig makes you a net criminal. Just having it. Yes. Yeah. Because it because. because it forces you to spend your advantage and threat to destroy the system. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. go ahead, read it up. All right. So let's say, for example, the additional. Okay, able to affect barriers, code gates, and sentries. So everything, like we said. Yeah. A decent okay. strength of six. Mm-hmm. And as an additional rule. Uh, Successfully, it successfully overrides a piece of ice and destroys it. So it's not yeah, even it's, coming back. It's gone. So when a when a user uh, runner uses Sagittarius A to break a piece of ice, the runner must spend <laughs> advantage or triumph to destroy another piece of active ice on the system. <laughs> so it yes. hopscotches so to another mm-hmm. piece of ice to destroy, and the GM must spend threat or despair to destroy. One other icebreaker on the runner's rig, so it yeah. backfires too. Oh, yes, it that can. Is harsh. It can backfire. Yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. And if there is no other piece of active ice on the system, the runner must spend advantage or uh, triumph to destroy the system instead. So yes. files are being destroyed. No, that's the file I needed to download. Gone. Doesn't matter. Gone. <laughs> yeah. This ends the network encounter and almost certainly has other catastrophic effects <laughs> on the GM and the system control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I would, I would, um, what I would do is you would destroy the subsystem on b- below if you want to get into systems. <laughs> Exactly. It's overriding you know, them, man. You can almost mm-hmm. imagine to describe this visually as you know a nuclear bomb going boom, <laughs> and then whoops, things are being blown off as the shockwave <laughs> hits other subsystems. <laughs> like, oops, oops, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and what's awesome is that in parentheses here it says this ends the network encounter, and yeah. almost certainly has other catastrophic effects depending on the. How much of a dick the GM wants to be, and what system has been controlled? Exactly. Imagine, imagine Sync going, "Hey, wait a minute! Even though you're attacking Whalen, this had repercussions on on the net. We should send some price securities over there to check that out." <laughs> you're hunted now. Yeah, yeah you are. Oh yes, we had this runner called Zezri who's using Sagittarius. Hey, hey. We'll, we'll put an APB on him. Hey, <laughs> knock on wood, man. Don't. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so let's get into building the encounter. How does the encounter build? There's two ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the simple way is the simple network encounter. Yep. So 
the f- what you first do is you determine, you know, what do, what do you want your net runner to run for? What are they running for? Are they just trying to go in, in the case of, um, are they trying to affect traffic lights so that they get somewhere faster? Are they trying to shut down a fire, uh, uh, yeah, a fire a system camera. so that, so that the, mm-hmm. their team inside a building right. can uh, use a flamethrower or something mm-hmm. without setting off fire alarms? Or redirect your um, Johnny cab. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just a simple thing like that where they're just yep. trying to do one thing in a system, do it as a simple encounter. First thing you do, you determine what that task is. Second, you determine the difficulty of the task. That's determined with the type the table on three one mm-hmm. again. And then the third, you wanna if there's a whether there's a human sysop on there or not, um, you're gonna upgrade the difficulty of the check once for um, at least once for a sysop twice if they're really good or if there are multiples. Um, and then fourth, uh, if, the, if the system is to, that they're trying to uh, get into is protected by ice, add setback dice for each, each set of ice on the system. Mm-hmm. And if the runner is using uh, icebreakers on, uh, on their check, add a boost die for every icebreaker that the runner is using. Now, would you, Tony, here's a question. Would you use... Um, would you add setback dice for every piece of ice protecting the system, or are we talking the subsystem they're interested in? If they were just well, if like the hashtag cameras, right? Again, if they're trying to get into a complicated system where there are subsystems, a lot of subsystems, then you're going to make it a structured network encounter. Gotcha. If you're if you're just going after one piece, one subsystem, one thing, whether it has one Traffic light. or two or three levels of ice to it, does not matter. It's just a single, a second, or a third ice uh, setback die. Okay, so again, if there's dependent, so that's your levels of ice will yeah. be the number of yeah. setback dice you'll want to add. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Levels of ice, meaning if there's yeah. if there's more than one, you put in yeah. more than one setback die. Yep, yep, that's yeah. all I was wondering. Because yeah. well, on, on that, yeah, granted, it might be a complicated system, but if that's all they're going to do is going to just go after the cameras and don't want to necessarily yeah, do a, a full net run, mm-hmm. then... But there might okay. be a bit of ice protecting the camera system, mm-hmm. you know, or... You're, there could be two layers. There could yeah. be a general firewall protecting all of the subsystems yeah. in the group that the cameras are in, like and then a second wall. one yeah. in that particular, mm-hmm. uh, the second one in that particular group uh, cool. to, to, to specific cameras, so then you would be two setback dice. Right, and then mm-hmm. if I have two icebreakers available on my system as and I'm running, both. add two boost dice. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yep, just wanted to, because when I read this earlier, yeah. I wanted to ask you, kind of what you had thought and okay sounds good and it's add a boost die for each icebreaker the runner has access to mm-hmm. so if you have multiple sets of icebreaker you add a boost die for all, all of them that you have access to that's on your system right that's on your right. system mm-hmm. that's on your cool. rig or whatever on your on your... that you're using yep. cool all right cool so there's a little sidebar here about hardware i want to get into that before we get into the structured network encounter excellent um 
generally a runner must have some kind of computer system to conduct a run, just like they had they had to have a connection to the network. Uh, what form of computer system takes the takes, be it a full-size rig or a souped-up pad, is up to the runner and the GM. But provided a number of example computers that the runner can use, uh, found in the equipment section, page 98. But here's a few things to keep in mind about computers. First, all computers contain a set number of icebreakers and ice uh, pieces of ice. Second, computers can be partitioned into subsys- separate subsystems and whatnot. Um, so a piece of ice can only protect one subsystem. Tells you right there. There Got it is. It. Okay. Okay. Perfect. There we go. I knew um, I read that somewhere. I couldn't remember where, yeah. I, or I might have idea. It's important to know exactly what exactly a computer can and cannot do over the course of a game. Running is supposed to be cinematic, exciting, and above all, fun. So mm-hmm. common sense is what computer can. Well, what as to what a computer can and cannot do should be the GM's purvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what basically what it's saying is that no matter whether you're using a souped-up PAD or whether you're using a f- complete rig, you can have as many icebreakers as you want. What's really important is how many you have active. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and each, each of these pieces of hardware have a maximum number. I think a rig, a portable rig, <coughs> is two, two ice and two icebreakers active at Correct. any one time. Yeah. And then there are talents you can get that add to that if you'd yep. like. Yep, correct. And that's what custom code does. It allows you to add either an ice or an ice breaker to your rig or PAD or whatever. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then we get into the structured encounter. That's what I talked about before. Mm-hmm. And we've already went through kind of one, but there's these little bullet points that we should talk about. Yeah, let's go through those. The little bullet points... Um, go ahead and start it off, uh, Stefan. All right. So that's on page uh, 140. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So the first one was uh, for the rule of thumb. Generally, every interesting or important subsystem should be behind some ice of some kind. You know, uh, if it's not really important, you know, the air conditioning system might not be that bad. But mm-hmm. security cameras, door sensors, definitely at least a piece of ice. Cool. Um, Default ice should be barriers because it's fairly simple, uh, and then you know, uh, but at least one subsystem should be protected by some kind of sentry or code gate instead. Right. Then uh, just to mix second it up point for your just for to your mix runner. it up a little. Yep. Well, that's it. So he doesn't get complacent. Like, oh no, I'll, I'll rely on this barrier uh, this icebreaker, icebreaker all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. And then one subsystem. Probably the most important one, of course, can be behind two pieces of ice. That's where, you know, like the self-destruct for the lab in the example of one of the pages pages previously. Yep. That would be a couple of ice, mm-hmm. uh, layers of ice might be protecting it. And Your then, boss fight <laughs> as a runner, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And then generally the barriers should be those of strength six or less. Sentries, they give a guideline uh, four or less, and then code gates, code gates uh, around three or less. Yeah. Okay. Of course, if you have multiple runners, you can mix that up a little bit, maybe make it a little tougher. Yeah. But, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and, and then, then a couple of others. Yep, go, go ahead, ahead, Chris. 
Oh yeah, and then um, so then if you have a little more of an advanced runner who has maybe 150 XP or more, um, you should be able to you should be able to make those numbers a little more difficult. Um, so give them a little more of a mix between barriers and code gates, and then um, if a subsection has multiple layers of ice. One should be a sentry, and the other should be like a barrier or a code gate, right? If you selected, um, and then your barriers, code gates, and sentries. Your ice basically can be of any strength, um, and then um, multiple subsections instead of just the one should be protected by two pieces of ice. Because remember, there's that talent that could allow you know advanced runners to kind of do to get through two pieces yeah. of ice in one, um, and then one subsection should be protected by three pieces. And no subsection should be protected by more than three pieces of ice, however. That kind of gets us back into, like, that action economy where it just, mm-hmm. based per the rules, it wouldn't ha- you wouldn't be able to do it, right? No, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then the next and, step, this, now, is, um, this is determining sorry. your sysop. So do you want to yeah. take that, Tony? So yep. Just as a little sidebar to, sure. to go back, and if they say, you know, and one of the points that I brought up, generally barriers should be of this strength or whatever. Feel free to sometimes modify the strength of some of the ice, you know, if you have a an inexperienced runner. So maybe you want a, a great wall, but maybe that great wall is a cheap version. It has a couple of points Perfect. less of strength. Mm-hmm. So feel free to modify it a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a GM, you're not you're not uh, limited by what is codified in the ice entries for your mm-hmm. your ice. Because yeah, like you that's like Tony mentioned earlier, place. that's generic ice and ice breakers. So some might be a little weaker, some a little stronger. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So in stru- structured network encounters, we have a sysop. You always have a sysop protecting your system. Um, you we have a number that are all uh, of them that are already in the book. Uh, yeah. You have your corporate sysop. Uh, you have your sync global sec agent. Um, those are back in the uh, 224 through 226 section, uh, mm-hmm. the corporate manager. Uh, yeah. Those are great templates uh, to start with for your uh, sysop, or you can you know design your own. Um, but anyhow, uh, the network encounter begins. The sysop typically has access to the system. And maybe they're plugged in with a BMI or they're using a big rig mm-hmm. uh, from behind their desk, uh, drinking coffee, waiting for shift change. However, they start unaware of the runner's intrusion. You still roll them into initiative, but they are unaware. That's mm-hmm. key. Yeah. Um, unless, until, the rug, until the runners trigger a sentry or generate threat. Yeah. Now, I think it's three, right? I think that's typically yeah. three. Three threat or a despair. despair. Mm -hmm. Once the sysop is aware of a runner's presence, their goal is to then trace the user, found on page 130, and then lock them out, page 131. Mm -hmm. In rare cases, they may try to make a run on the runner's Mm -hmm. own uh, computer system. (laughs) That usually is when you have a sysop who's got a big ego, um, that kind of thing. Or multiple Uh, sysops. Or multiple (laughs) sysops. If that happens, you'll need to construct a second, smaller network encounter with the roles of sysop and runner reversed. Yeah, and that would be Uh your that would be your um, your runner's nemesis, Uh, right? You know, I mean, that would be perfect, man. So, so here's a question for you: Would you go into? Would you go as far as having your players who are creating runners? create their when they have their own system 
kind of create one of these diagrams of a That's... system of their system. Yeah. Would you yeah, want yeah, to do that? I would. I would. Their as, rig. A, as a player, I'd I'd be interested in maybe doing that on my rig. You know, I might have my secure files. My that would my code. that would be a great that would be a great great thing for have a little card that represents yeah. your rig. And Why, you just as have... a matter of fact, <laughs> there out go. there on the internet, there has been someone who took all of the ice, <laughs> all of the ice breakers, and yeah. created cards for them. Oh, that would be Drainsmith, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, our buddy Drainsmith. <laughs> yeah, and you can print those off, and you can lay them out in a grid to set yeah. up your... Uh, <gasps> That's a great... I didn't think about That's that, Tony. That's a go. great way of doing it. That's so cool, man. another way, if you don't have access to the internet, you can grab a three by five card or post-it notes and you can if just you don't have lay out a grid access to uh, the internet. In <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> like, okay, I mean, you're at your cabin con and, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're a, a, a Marine on a ship somewhere. Well, there you playing. go. So it does <laughs> yeah. happen. Yep. All right. <laughs> I know. <All> right. <laughs> This is great. So there's this last little bit of here I want to cover on the sysop before we move on. Uh, however, the one thing sysops must almost uh, should almost never do is shut their system off. For one thing, in this setting, shutting down a massive computer network <laughs> is a time-consuming and dangerous process with long-lasting consequences. Since it's a wired world, mm-hmm. that's just not something they want to do. So. Again, when someone's like, why don't you just pull the plug? Uh, that's yeah. why. Because yeah. the cost can be in the billions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the the repercussions for that sysop to do something like that can be death. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it would be fucking boring as a player for you to just, every time I get close to, to getting there, and you as a GM turn off the system? Whatever. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fine. These companies I'm are not going to try company. and do a net run again. <laughs> a lot of these companies right. are global companies that are all yeah. on like 24-7 uh, sometime yeah. or another. I'm reminded of when I used to work in printing. You know, They don't shut down a huge printer that prints the newspaper on, on a whim because then it takes a whole you know, half a day to just get it back and running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you want to halt the press? You better have a fairly damn good reason. Okay. <laughs> Machines that are designed to run continuously like yeah. to run continuously. Shutting yeah. them down makes them temperamental. <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. You don't shut down mm-hmm. a fission reactor just like that. <laughs> All right, and then it got, we got a sidebar here, but we've already touched on it. Uh, multiple runners, multiple sysops, how to use them in yes. the encounter. So, let's get on over to the next section where we're going to actually... Just to, f- just to finish up, yeah. since you, we mentioned Drainsmith, I'm sorry to, to prolong this, but with no. the cards that he printed out in the PDF, he even has some cards for typical things that a runner could affect. For example, security cameras. There's a card for that. And possible uses to enact command. For example, disabling, enabling one more camera. Viewing the live feed disabling the recording of it loop the footage and nice. or a web or a weapon system or emergency <laughs> lighting so it gives you some ideas of what you can and cannot do right there with these yeah, cards that's awesome cool. 
That's very. Thanks for I'm bringing that up. Downloading yeah. those suckers. <laughs> well, a, and, you're in a weapon system. You know, disable the weapon system. Fire yeah. the weapon system. Lock target. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And here, and if anybody um, has ideas, or if they've created their own um, personal rig and have created different subsystems on their personal rig. Post it mm-hmm. up on the on you know on FFG site or send us an email with that, um, yeah. and we'll share that with people because those are just good, you know good ideas to kind nice of give fluff um, and stuff. Nice, yeah. nice fluff and nice um, player oh, options. Yeah. I remember, yeah, the first edition of Netrunner where you had cards that represent a rigger's you know a Netrunner's rig or cyberdeck, mm-hmm. and okay. some of them had neat strength. Like, okay, this is a lot tougher. This one's faster. This one has more cool. programs on it. You know. Nice. <laughs> Nice. All right, gentlemen, let's get on over into these advantageous threats or we're going to be up all night. Yep. Welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is our favorite section and yours. Uh, today we are going to do the network encounter, and I have designed one. So here's what I've got for you. The players, that's Stefan and Chris, mm-hmm. um, two runners, have they're attempting a run on Memphis Media Conglomerate's main servers, searching for buried seek security cam footage of a Gentechi's executive ordering his clone bodyguards to space a Martian politician. Uh, Scandalous. Yes. There are, however, there are two separate servers that have to be got into. So the Gentechi executives, being smart, hired two runners, one for each separate server. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the data could be on either one. The Gentechi execs have hired you two and to ensure that the job is done fast and simultaneously timed with a physical hit uh, on the hotel staff on Midway Station that leaked the footage in the first place. So they are sending Yakuza assassins to take out the hotel staff at the Mm. same time the people who leaked it. Now, Memphis Media Conglomerate is a subsidiary of NBN. And they deal in gossip. They deal in blackmail. They deal in less savory uh, (laughs) news stories, so to speak. Okay. Right. And uh, so they they have been known for uh, frying the uh, what says the uh, career of many a politician or. High tech or a high profile executive with their blackmailed news stories that nice. get oh, released right. in a very timely manner. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> so right. I have a system, uh, some mm-hmm. a couple of systems designed. I have server mm-hmm. one and server two, um, and we have a pa- pair of runners here. Now I also have a sysop that I've set up. His name is Diego Horace Barnes, Horace being his online uh, uh, title, or I guess his handle. Yeah, his handle, yeah. Yep. Uh, Horace has an intellect of four, a hacking of two, a sysops of three, a knowledge net of two, he has adversary one, custom code for his Mm -hmm. 
Eye of Horus version of the Hawk Eye pro Sentry program. Nice. And, and the Net Hunter talent. Of course. Yes. All so right. there Excellent. is that. Okay, now two players. Let's start with uh, let's start with the player who had their information on the the document first. Who is Eileen Dover? <laughs> that would be me. Way to call me out, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My my online name, Eileen Dover, a, flair, a fairly flamboyant hacker. Oh, I get it now. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no less effective for all of that. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's right, bitches. I leaned over. Good lord. Excellent. Okay. Stephanie. And Eileen is using what kind of rig? She's using her Oberon THX 1138 portable rig. Got it. Okay, so that means she can run custom, two ice and yeah, two icebreakers at once. Yeah, and she's customized it so she can run an additional icebreaker as well. Got it. Okay, and our other runner. This is um, Cesare. Okay, he's a natural runner, as in he's a natural. He's human. He's a runner. He's got a um, he's got an intellect of four, hacking three, the net two. He can code sling, which means he can have two icebreakers active at once. Nice. He has custom code on his custom rig called the ENIAC 1945. And if all of you people out there are like, where'd you come up with that from? The ENIAC was the first electronic computer. And it was <laughs> on, came online in 1945 to do ballistic calculations for the military. Nice. So it has two ices on there. It actually has three ice breakers on it. Ah. His two ice, he's got Hadrian's Wall, which looks like a bunch of Celtic warriors on it when somebody's hacking in. He's got the Enigma um, ice, which is, there's a bunch of black rings and white numbers kind of spinning around and floating about in front of somebody. Then he's got Crypsis, Athena, and Remora. Okay. As his ice breakers. All right, and I didn't go into what uh, ice breakers and ice that uh, Eileen has. What does she it have? Oh, oh she sorry has her. <laughs> she has her, her own version of uh, femme fatale called mm-hmm. Hurricane Bianca. Nice. Uh, a very uh, uh, shady queen kind of uh, femme fatale torch. And battering ram, which uh, looks very phallic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You said and twelve inch also cock has, in the yeah. um, in <laughs> the show notes, <laughs> notes, by the way. <laughs> Just to let you all know, as long as we're all calling right. people out, no, <laughs> it's large and phallic. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah. That's it. And she also has code slinger, so she could, uh, you know, she's worth her. Up. her all right, uh, waiting in, uh, in data, so mm-hmm. she uh, she's able to uh, sling some code. Cool. All right. Well, since not all of us have our vigilance and cool codified, I'd say as an on-the-fly rule, we're all going to roll one yellow, two green all for right. initiative. Perfect. So let's do that. So okay. starting off, uh, Horace is going to have zero successes mm-hmm. and one advantage. So 0.1. I have 1.1. How about, about Zezri? Zezri has 1.1. Yep. Mm. 
and and Eileen. Eileen got lucky with two point two. Mm-hmm. All right. So yep. now no, that's okay. done. That's done free form as well as the regular initiative. That means it's two player slots and a GM slot. So. We are going into this. We start out. You have the two servers you're trying to get into. You, you're physically actually at the media conglomerate. Okay. You two have entered into there somehow. You've got a way in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that you two disguised yourself as night cleaners. And nice. you have got past the security guard. And you have found We're two separate there. offices. Yeah. One, two. two and you are physically in the building. But okay. just barely past the security in the building, mm-hmm. cleaning mm-hmm. the offices. The servers oh, are right. in a much higher floor in the mm-hmm. media conference building. Okay. But you're, you're in. All right. So, on that note, we're going. You're inside the building, mm-hmm. and these are. This is a small corporate server. So the first round is going to be you guys deciding what you're going to do here. Um, you're going to probably want to access the system, right? Mm, I yes. would help. So we definitely want um, to. That we have to. Now, so here's a question: Small. Do I have my? Well, my ice will be. Can I have my ice activated on my machine first? Um, or not? I would say you guys came into this encounter prepared. Basically you know what prepared. you're doing. Yeah. Um, okay. For the one advantage, I will let you have one piece of ice. The advantage on your initiative. You'll have one piece of ice up. Okay. And Eileen, for two mm-hmm. advantage, you may have two pieces of ice up. All right. So I'll have Femme Fatale and Battering Ram. Okay. I have Hadrian's Wall up. Okay. Now, uh, oh, ice. I mean, icebreakers. Icebreakers, yes. That's, that's so, I, I, I mean, we ice, Oh, icebreakers. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have, have some I'm gonna have Athena up, basically looking like a female Celtic warrior named Brunhilde. Okay, so you have Athena and uh, Eileen. So. You had what? I have Femme Fatale, my Hurricane Bianca. Okay. And uh, my twelve-inch uh, cock. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> nice. Battering ram. <laughs> All right. There. It's, a, it's a strap-on on Hurricane Bianca. <laughs> Yeah, all right. All right, then. Uh, <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, the, the first Chris has the I'm, warning at the beginning of uh, adult language, so. Oh, I do. It's, it's always there. It's <laughs> ever-present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, the question would be, who is going after server one, and who is going after server two? Want to flip for it uh, there, uh, Zizri? Um, you know what? You can go ahead and go after um, number one if you want. All right, let's see. I'll roll. You I'll roll first. a d six. I'll roll a d six and ro- and see odds. It'll be a server one. Sounds good. All right, I rolled an odd, so I'm going in against server one. Perfect. You do that. All righty then. So, with that being said, um, we begin. So the encounter begins with you two uh, entering in. Uh, to the accessing the network and I've set the difficulty for this network at three the uh, standard corporate network mm-hmm. uh, for a megacorp and um, 
So I need system access rolls. Hacking roll. Sounds right. good. Well, bef- uh, we wanna, you want us to take our turns at the same time? Might as well. Yeah, go ahead. Speed do it up this. a little bit. I'm actually going to spend player, a maneuver. GM yeah, I'm and, actually going to spend a maneuver to activate my second icebreaker before I make this check. Okay, go And ahead. that'll be Crypsis. Um, this actually looks like a, kind of an out-of-control overgrowth in a druid's grove. My Crypsis <laughs> does. Like like Kudzu. Kudzu, right. <laughs> and um, right. here we go. Do you want any... I don't think I have anything to modify this with. Do you want to upgrade or anything there, um, Tony? No. Okay. Here we go. I have three yellow, one green, and I have the three, the hard, right? You said? Three. Yep, three, three purple. Okay. Um, doubly triumphant here, by the way. Ooh. Okay. I got one success and two triumphs to access the system. Okay. That's and, awesome. And Holy you God. were going after server two. Server two, correct. You are in. All right, so first thing you see when you're into server two is that there are two subsystems okay. um, immediately ahead of you, two subsystems, and uh, that's it. That's all you know. What do you want to do with your triumphs? I'm looking. So on page... I'm actually going to... I'm actually would like to spend... I'm actually going to do... um, Scouting ahead? Yeah, I'm going to do... I'm going to do... um, It's a triumph. I'm going to spend... I'm going to put a... I'm going to put a permanent backdoor on the system. Okay. Which means right. if I happen to get kicked out, it actually becomes an easy check for me to get yep. back in. Okay? And I, I like that idea there, um, Stefan. I'll spend my other triumph to scout ahead. I would like to know the type, strength, and rules of one unencountered piece of ice on the system. The one, what are we going after? We're going after data. What are the subsystems? What are the subsystems? The subsystems are... An employee database and incoming mail server. Because yeah, we're we're trying to find the video footage of the person being spaced. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the mail server. Okay. Then. So heading directly to the mail server, you immediately will encounter. This is what you're seeing ahead: a sentry, a customized Hawkeye program called the Eye of Horus. Okay. Okay. And what you're seeing basically before you in this encounter is this digital desert with okay. a pyramid in it. Nice. And this shining sun glaring down on this pyramid. Okay. And uh, that is your Draw. Eye of Horus sentry <laughs> glaring down upon this pyramid. Nice. All right. Okay. All right, and um, so uh, the custom code means it also um, that you're automatically going to generate one threat when attack when uh, attempting that piece of. Uh, okay. That's what the custom code. It. So you you know its strength is four. Okay. Uh, you know you know that it uh, it auto generates a threat, and it's a sentry. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. All right. So Ooh. next. Uh, 
Eileen yes. going after server one. Mm-hmm. Access? System access. She's got intellect four, hacking four. So mm-hmm. four yellow. Three difficulty. Let's go. All right. No, no despairs, no, uh, no mm-hmm. triumphs either, though. Three failures. Those are canceled by those three, but I still have two successes and two advantage. All right. So with your two advantage... What would you like to do? Mm, quick commands and cover tracks. I could do that. Yeah, I'll use my two advantage to cover my tracks. For so, trace. If I attempt to trace you, I'm going to add a setback die to that attempt. Awesome. Okay. Tracks one. There All we right. Go. So they haven't found. They don't realize we're here yet. Yay! Right. And yet. what you see before you is one system. One subsystem, uh, uh, initially. One initially. Okay. I shouldn't say. Um, it's two subsystems, but it is protected by one piece of ice. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> let's put it that way. All right, <laughs> let's. <laughs> All right. Yes. And, and moving on into... So for his action during this round, uh, the sysop is unaware of the presence of any uh, runners. And... Mm-hmm. Given the um, the nature of his job, he would not do a sweep this round. He does a sweep every three rounds. All right. Or oh, okay. Program. So, so yeah, you right. may have three rounds of him sitting around drinking his coffee. Perfect. Go. All right, Stefan. You want to updating go ahead? his Facebook page? <laughs> yeah. All right, I leaned over. Go ahead and um. Go ahead and. Break through that ice, man. All right, so I'll uh, first. I'll okay. move to that su- that system and encounter the ice. So what you encounter is this huge barrier wall. It looks like this Egyptian uh, wall that keeps people out of the city of Karnak. All right, nice. Very impressive with glyphs and hieroglyphics. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It is a great wall. Barriers. Oh, yes. oh, there you go. All right, and I do have a battering ram, which is effective against barriers. Indeed. So, so you're, are you going to attempt to override this ice? Yes, I will with my well, twelve-inch cock. To. He has to. <laughs> you have to. That's right. All right. We'll do the hacking roll again. So four yellow. All right. And it's average difficulty, so two purple. Oh, two. Okay. All right. Right. Yep. Now, in this case, um, we're. I'm going to assume we have a uh, a stagnant currently uh, story pool. Right. Um. Uh. Meaning that it's nobody has used any yet. So two we're looking at two and one, two, two player and one GM. Right. Um. Oh, so by the way, everybody who's listening, we are actually going to go through an entire encounter here. Not just yeah. one roll each. <laughs> no, that's it. If so. you haven't figured that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, okay. go ahead and roll. I'm not going to affect it. Not me neither. I'll uh, keep it as is. All right. So only one failure, one threat, which cancels out this one. Dice. And I've got... I have a triumph, so that's a total of one, two, four successes, an advantage, and a triumph. 
okay. which means your then your override strength is four plus your barrier. Six your, for the barrier, so, so a total 10. of ten. Nice. Total of ten. So you just blow through that wall. Your big <laughs> battering <Yeah>. cock slams <laughs> yeah. into the wall and shatters yeah. it. Yeah. Now, what lies before you are two subsystems that you ah. could not see behind the wall. No. But you do see each subsystem is protected. Right. right. Um, you have, but you, it, I can tell you what the subsystems are, right? I do this now. Mm-hmm. Um, the you first can. one, yes. Well, the, the thing first. is, what does he do? He does their. Yeah, I think you could oh, tell yeah. them what they are. I can are. still steal the subsystem, the idea, yeah. I don't know the ice. There might be ice there, but I don't know any details about the ice. So subsystem to the left is outgoing mail. Subsystem to the right is unknown. Okay, I'll probably head towards the unknown. Um, but with my advantage, I will do the opportunity identified, which will mean I'll get a boost die on my next... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There you are, milk and boost dice. Computer check. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to milk it; it's part of the advantage. <laughs> Very and nice. With the, and with the triumph, though. Um, here you go. Uh, yeah, might as well do the scouting ahead and learn the details of an unencountered ice on the system. Okay. So you're looking at the unknown, correct? Right. Right. As you advance towards it, you see this black what looks like a sarcophagus and it is covered in glowing runes you are now looking at an enigma code gate alright nice okay its strength is its strength is five alright just for Mm. you to be aware of that alright that's my action alright and now second player to go yes Okay, so I have this. Um, I have this Horace's eye in front of me. Mm-hmm. I am going to use. I am going to um, use the incidental to advance to at to what is it called? I want to get access system, uh-huh. which is the mail server behind the thing. So I'm going to use my Crypsis Icebreaker. Which has a strength okay. of three, um, and it affects all kinds of ice. Nice. And I, but I do need to spend a maneuver afterwards because Crypsis is kind of a kind of an out of control growing algorithm that I have to kind of keep in control. So that's ah, why gotcha. it looks like a overgrowth on like an, a druid's grove. So this like is what kudzu. you see. <laughs> yes. Yep. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> so what happens is. This these um these spiky overgrowths kind of come up over the pyramid and try and like cover this sentry eye that's up there. You know what I mean? Nice. Okay. All right. So let's so do that. I'm gonna roll that. That. Um. Okay. So I have my hacking roll. And your override difficulty is two. Right. Okay. However. Mm-hmm. This is a custom piece of software. Well, of course it is, you bastard. And so <laughs> I'm going to apply the sysop, since he wrote it, mm-hmm. I'm going to apply his adversary one to this check. I like that. That's great. I like it. Um, I feel like I need to get through this. So I'm actually I'm going to spend a story point 
mm-hmm. because this is the first time oh. I actually described while hacking um, into a system have like some nature inside mm-hmm. of it, inside of a druid's grove. Why not? <laughs> okay, we so we're at one and two instead of two and one. Got now, it. Now, because I wouldn't have been able to make this check without my rig, I don't get a boost die because I don't have the. It's not necessarily right tools for the job, right? Right. Okay, got it. I've got my little tokens that are black and white. Um, I'll, I'll use those. All right, here myself. we go. Here we go. Okay, I generated two um, failures on the red. At one failure. Don't forget your automatic threat. Okay. Right. Um, so I do cancel out this, the failures with my successes. One of your th- auto-generated auto threat cancels out one of my advantage. So I have two successes, one advantage. So my strength is a five to overcome this... Eye of Horus strength four. Eye of four. Horus strength four. So I do overcome it. I'm going to spend you. a maneuver... To mm-hmm. pull in the <laughs> the crypsis and make it not go out of control, okay. so I have to do that. And um, with my advantage, I would make the suggestion that you do it a thorough override. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. It, I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm, yeah, that's what I was looking at. I can. Yep. yep. So it'll be not my end of my next round. It'll be the round after that. Correct. Okay. So I'm going to spend two strain. To actually, since I now have access to the um, to the subsystem, I would mm-hmm. like to do something on that subsystem. And you said that it is a mail you do server. not have access. I you don't have another piece no. of ice between you there and you it. Ah. Bum, bum, bum. All right, Trick GM. <laughs> tricky GM, tricky. All right. So I do. So so I so I've already spent my incidental. So I can't move. So when I do the move maneuver to move into it, it's effectively I'm trying to do that access system, and I immediately see ice. Ah, crap! So next turn you'll tell me how much it is, and I'll have to immediately smash it. Correct. Awesome right. sauce. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so and dudes. Puts his coffee down on this round and begins accessing his system for his sweep next round. Ooh, all right. All right, Stefan. All right. I think you're good, man. All right. Back. To, we're in round three. Yes. Yeah. And uh, whichever one of you wants to go first. Go ahead, Stefan. We can we go back right. and forth. Okay. All right. So, all right, so uh, you're past the Great Wall. Yeah. So now I know with my scouting ahead that I've got a code gate. Correct. And an Enigma code gate. Yes. So right now I've only got Femme Fatale and Battering Ram. So before I encounter it, uh, I will put away the Battering Ram, my 12-inch cock, mm. and, and bring out my Flaming Torch instead. <laughs> nice. So you're going to activate a program. That a, that's a maneuver. That a, that's a maneuver. That's activate my maneuver. Yep. Okay. And then, as a second maneuver, move to... Incidental. As an incidental, sorry. Move to encounter the ice. All right. All right. So this Enigma Mm -hmm. uh, is also a custom piece of code. Right. So it's, while its strength is five, and it's the average difficulty of two to break it, it Mm -hmm. I'm going to apply the... uh, 
the sysops uh, adversary to the check so all right so i upgrade one difficulty to a red uh-huh here we go and i do have my boost die from my advantage previously and because I do not want to see, want you to see what I have hidden in the black server, <laughs> I am spending a GM story point. Right. Normally, I'd offer to you first to spend, but in this case, I'm warning you in advance that I am <laughs> throwing it out there. It's right. going to happen. So go ahead and flip another. Change that up and do it. Oh, yeah, I might as well flip one, and which means I add a green. So, because I already have four yellow. All right, so I've got four yellow, a blue, my boost, a green, a red, and a purple. All right, my good. Uh, you should have two red. Oh, two red. All right, so I'll replace the red there, the purple then by, uh, whoops, another red. Roll that. There we go. All right, so we've got a failure and a threat. No despair, so that cancels the advantage and success on that dice. And I've got one, two, three, four. Four, five advantages and two successes and another triumph. Okay, Woo-hoo. so five advantage, a triumph, and two successes. Yeah, so at least two successes to my torch, which is nine, so a total of 11 okay. for successes. I will... Uh, let's start with your successes. What was your strength? Total strength, uh, 11. Uh, you beat the Enigma. No problem. Yeah. So you solved the high, hyperlific puzzle. This yeah. um, black pier- or black sarcophagus fades into the earth, and what you see beholding before you in this sarcophagus, where, where the sarcophagus was, is a just this data file. It's a glowing golden chalice. Chalices. I love chalices. Chalices. <laughs> now you can spend some strain and and do a um and do one of those uh well, with system. five advantage? Yeah. Uh, you could spend four of that to take a free maneuver. Act enact a command. And enact a command. And yeah. download everything. Yeah, that would Here. definitely, drink definitely cha- do that. Go up and drink the chalice, man. Grab it. Yep. <laughs> Notice drinking the chalice. That yep. will download Shows. all this data. <laughs> now the data you get, you immediately know what liquid is filling your wonderful belly or what uh, files are filling. These are all their blackmail files for the right. entire media conglomerate on a whole shitload of people. Excellent. Now what do you want to do with your triumph? Uh, well, the triumph I have either I could do... A permanent backdoor or a blurred rig so that my no traces can be done on me, or at least cancels a trace. Okay. Uh, or a hard shutdown. If a nice is broken, it cannot be reactivated. Well, it's mm. up to you. Well, since I don't know exactly what's going on on uh, Zezri's end, just to be sure. Well, I- do you? Mm, maybe Mm. maybe yeah maybe with the triumph i get an idea yeah of what's going on with him since maybe we started the 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 run simultaneously maybe we open up maybe minimize like maybe you open up like a jabber chat to me well that's it i have my windows minimized and now i'm I'm getting a good feed on what his his going on you know exactly what's going on on his end he is about to encounter a code gate authenticator but on the other side (laughs) is the incoming mail server where most likely 
the data file you're searching for mm. Ooh, is all right. all right oh, well cool then. cool so I, right. I'm aware of that. So maybe next round I'll be able to join him. Maybe I, if, if there's nothing else on this server, I'll be able to go join him and help him help him out. Okay. And I'll give you this because it was a triumph, and just knowing what he's doing is kind of a lame spend of the triumph, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. You also. No, know I was saying. They're... I was saying. I was. I was thinking. We just set up a tunnel between well, the, us, yeah. and we know that. Right? Yeah. That... Oh, so I have a back door to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to him. Good thing he's got his battering ram put away. Yeah. Right. Oh no no no! Here you go. I think he t- yeah he takes my permanent backdoor that I created for the system. There you so go. I, I, I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of the the backdoor. His system. So yeah, it'll be easy. Don't worry. Yeah. So when you pass through said permanent backdoor, you notice that there was another one where an AI sits between the email incoming server and the email outgoing server, which was the, uh, it sits between the two, an Mm -hmm. AI sentry. And what it does is it watches, or it sorts through incoming mail for juicy news bits (laughs) and then disseminates them out to the reporters to do their investigative work or blackmail somebody where it gets then put into the blackmail files. Oh, okay. So in this case, this AI is just sitting there doing nothing but sorting through these things. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's the question would be whether it's gotten to this one before Chris does. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's my action. I've got okay. all the blackmail all right. files, and I'm now going through the back door that says we created on the other server. Yes. All right. Okay. So, so mine says, yeah. Your code gate authenticator. Okay, I'm using Athena on this sucker. Okay, this CodeGate Authenticator looks like it requires... It's a key. It's a it's a door with a key to get into the pyramid. Cool. So, I do believe my um, Celtic warrior named Brunhilda is going to use her lockpicks. Her right. Celtic lockpicks, which is actually a big frickin' hammer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Smash the lockout. Sounds great. Let's call this up. Let's do Uh, it. This is not custom code, so you don't have to worry about his um, thing. Sounds good to me. And what does our story point pool look like? Actually, this is cool. I'm using a freaking hammer and a lock. I love it. I'm upgrading my check. Okay. All right. I, too, because the stakes are getting high, mm-hmm. um, and there, you're, you are trying to steal email before an AI can get to it, and that's its only job. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and upgrade also, so our story point pool will stay at one player, two GM. Cool. Okay, so I have a red and a purple, and I have four yep. yellows. All right, okay. roll that beautiful beach footage, buddy. Here we go. Athena's going to add five. I'm oh, sorry. I named mine Brunhilda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to... So we have a, I have a success and threat, oh, sorry, success and advantage, success and advantage on two yellow dice, and I have them canceled out the two successes, or two threats, sorry, two threats and two um, failures on the other die. Um, eventually I you'll get there, Chris. Eventually. <laughs> I have two successes adding my five um, strength. I do a seven. Now that beats my three. Nice. So, 
Boom. Authenticator is down. Cool. Now, I have two threat, or I have, no, sorry, I have two net um, advantage okay. as well. Um, what will you do with those two advantage? Do a quick mm. command? Or? Nope, I'm going to do, so do I have a, yep, I'm going to do a quick command, perform an additional enact command maneuver as an incidental. Ooh. So I'm just going to reach out and grab those emails. So I'm going to try and cross-reference the names of the hotel staff that are getting assassinated with emails coming in and potentially bloop, see if I can narrow it down, right? Oh, you get it. You find it. You Please. grab it. You nab it. Just mm-hmm. as the AI is about to grab it. Nice. You there reach out, you grab the email, and you pluck it from the server. Nice. So, And at that moment, that's when Horace is going to do his sweep. Nice. Do we, so, do we modify my, that any, or what does he do for us? Well, he is doing a sweep, which is a hard difficulty computer sysops check. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything that, uh, well, I know one of you ha- has yeah. covered your tracks, so yeah. it's automatically going to thro- uh, throw in a setback one die. setback, yeah, on my end. And uh, so, and I have to go with the hardest difficulty, which is the, th- the three uh, purple with a setback die. So, um, as of right now, I'm looking at a four, uh, three yellow, one green pool. Do you guys want to affect it in any way, shape, or form? I am not upgrading it because it. he doesn't have any reason to. Let's flip know. it. We do. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll flip it because, you know, this is an important run for us. So. Okay. Yes, it is. So I will change one of my purples to a red and roll it up. There we All go. Right. Oh, and I'm sorry. He he does have the fancy the fancy custom rig, which okay. will give him a boost eye. Oh, ah. wait a second. I have a custom rig, too. What? Fancy, fancy one. Oh. This is a full, full-size rig. Mine, too. Oh, yeah. Hard-coded into the system. My, I haven't been added my um, boost eyes. Oh, you poor thing. I will now, though. You'll get over it now. Yep. I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right. Mm, so, um, what you're looking what you're looking at grand total is a single success. Okay. Um, and three advantage and a despair. Oh, oh despair! All right. Well, I so like this. If the sysop succeeds, they are aware that someone is in the system. Right. Now he'll have to make perception check to spot you. Right. Um, however, with my three advantage, he is going to uh, automatically have the one of his AIs apply a, yeah. an automatic trace. Yeah, one successful um, trace. One be. successful trace. He knows where you are. You're somewhere in Ecuador. He knows that. (laughs) That's it. Now, with the despair. Well, we could go with the wrong person. (laughs) Yes, in Ecuador, but, you know, eventually he'll get the some other Eileen (laughs) or (laughs) Zezri. There we go. So, instead of Eileen Dover, it'll be Eileen back. (laughs) Actually, since we're on, since we're on the computer network. It's gonna be. It'll be like one of the like execs or something. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he traces. So actually, it actually makes sense because we're in somebody else's room, somebody yeah, else's in office. office. 
at this point, the encounter's pretty much done. All you guys got to do is get out of the system. Right. And we could easy. do that. We could go, because you have to get back through the system the way you came in to cover your tracks. Yeah. But in this case, you pretty much decimated the system in the process of getting <laughs> through it. Yeah, we did. So uh, he's... Two seconds too late. You guys have right. logged off and left the building, and at that point, he traces it to the front desk, <laughs> to the security guard at the front desk who is playing a virtual reality game, and he locks that guy out of his system just as he's about to win. Yeah, he's playing Worlds of Tiranoth online. <laughs> <laughs> just as he was about to beat that level. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Locks him out of the system. The guy yells, no! And you hear that just chucking down the street. The two of you just... And you now have a computer full of black mail folders. And you have the data that you were hired to steal. There you go. We have the data that we're meant to steal and a bonus that uh, we can use. Oh, it's going to be quite a bonus for sure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, dude. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Advantageous Threats. Shall we go home? Extended Advantageous Threats. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, Tony? Yeah. That was awesome. That was was awesome, dude. Kudos, man. That was another 50 pieces of awesome. Yeah, it was. All right. Yeah, let's let's go home. everybody hope you enjoyed that um that encounter that brilliant encounter that tony created lots of fun bud that was that was so great and hopefully everybody learned a bit about hacking in um in android i know i learned what we uh what we talked about yeah and you know i learned i learned a bit about this too going through Mm -hmm. an entire encounter like that just really pulls it all together so um well done again dude um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let's shout out to our Nerds International folks out there. Um, come them. find us on a network at a Nerds International network on Mayways. Mainly, we're on Mayway, and yeah. and we have a lot of shows out there. We have the Wild Die, the Brewery, which Tony is running a Tony is running um, myself, Jamie, and Daryl um, through an Android show, uh, the Murder Hobo Show. The um mm-hmm. the three T tabletop twats RPG podcast. Oh, for, sorry, <laughs> formerly known as um, <laughs> um, Imaginary Ramblings podcast. I think um I think they Matthew just Jones. Had Matthew Jones, and I believe they just had something about oh I don't know. There was a big movie that came out like a week ago. Yeah, um, a small superhero movie. Small you know, superhero movie. The Revengers or whatever. The it is. Revengers. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> Mister Mean Speaks is a um he has a. Um, he does reviews. Of, he does reviews. Thoughts of a Barbarian, a blog, mm-hmm. Role Players Imaginarium, The Dragon's Toolbox. Stephanie, you going to have her update that again, or do I need to take this off here? Oh, you can take <laughs> it off. I mean, I don't know if I'll come back to it. Yeah. Uh, but hey, there, as much time. But Go find it out there. Um, yeah. He's got some Still great there. stuff out there. It is in Macho Men and Tights. So oh, shout yeah, out to the, all you guys. The new baby show. The new baby <laughs> show. And yeah. well done to everybody out there lots of cool stuff and um i enjoy yeah. it when i have time all right you got anything you want to remind us of stefan uh, just what i spoke to of at the beginning of the show uh bullets over frisco bay a nice mm-hmm. product on uh drive through rpg pay what you want give generously 
uh, to the Genu Gamer uh, yes. organization. Money goes towards them, and it's a great little adventure that I'm very proud of uh, that we worked as a community. Yeah, it was a it was a bit like herding cats for a while when we put it together. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so you're rolling. So you're rolling. So even though that is a savage yeah, world setting. You yeah. were kind of rolling some despair there to the start. <laughs> At the beginning, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, like, please, is this done yet? No, and I'm motivating myself because I'm the artist as well, not just your coordinator. I'm trying to make the, the portrait. So yeah, also I the president? my own part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, how, how convertible is that to Genesis? Oh, that would be easily convertible. Just, you know, Savage World is fairly simple. So you're, a couple of stats here and there, a few talents, and then you're good to go because it's also a sandbox kind of thing. It's not oh. a linear adventure. So And it's easily run in Genesis Core. You don't need anything oh, yeah. other than Core. Nope. It's a it's set in a, it's a crime setting in the 70s? Yeah, around the, yeah, in the, in the 70s, you know, Starsky and Hutch kind of uh, era oh, in awesome. San Francisco. So, you know, bell-bottom pants and uh, roller and skate roller skates and <laughs> disco. So, Chris. Uh, Great place for Hemlock Jones to show up. There we go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, we got right. some cool characters based off sometimes some uh, Hollywood characters, you know. There you go. Awesome. Show, so. All right. Well, you can uh, talk about that stuff. Check it out over at the MeWe. And again, find the Nerds International group there. You can find mm-hmm. us on MeWe. Mm-hmm. You can also contact us via findingthenarrativepodcast@gmail.com. You get a hold of me and Stefan on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You get a hold of Stefan on Twitter. You get a hold of Chris via only email, or uh, you could send him a pigeon, I, it, or 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 a raven, if yeah. you're a Game of Thrones fan. Mm-hmm. It'll eventually arrive in the Great White North. How is it up there, by the way? Is is everything okay? Oh yeah, things are becoming green, and yet we've got some rain. But today was nice and sunny. Things are becoming uh, green and growing. Yeah. All right. Rainy today. It's cold. Listen to us wherever you find podcasts Podbean, mm-hmm. iTunes, YouTube. Uh, we're on Google Play, and we are now officially on Spotify. Yay! Yep. That was easy to do. <laughs> well yeah. done. And Whoever Twitter, suggested that. That was great. Yeah. And, on, and on Twitter, I'm, it's uh, at FTN underscore Genesis. Copy that. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Stefan saying, don't forget to ask for those boost dice. And this is Chris telling you all to remember the rule of cool. Just have fun, everybody. Good night. Good night. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.